action. Don't laugh! This ain't reality TV! I take this action! That movie's stuck! Can we get serious now? It's the Fortress Film Society on The Chad Duke Show. Sorry, that's on me. Yeah, you're being kind of weird. My headphones are really fucking loud. Oh, I just asked Jim <laughs> yeah, to turn that's, them that's, down. I was, that's what I was doing. James will turn them down. <laughs> I realize I, I pulled what I hate, which is fucking with the board off while the intro's going and he has shit to do, so my bad, dude. You guys don't know AJ and Tai, but here's what I can tell you that he would do when he produced the 1067 The Fan, is he would loud bed. He would stand outside the window as you were doing the show, and he would go... <laughs> and, and as a host, you're like, what in the fuck? What, yeah. what in the fuck? Are like, are, is the building under attack? Like, are, is there a fire? <laughs> Holy shit. When you were doing speaker on a stick at Mason, did that ever happen to you as well? Yeah, but that wasn't the a... window and just fucking... That wasn't a paid producer. That's true, yeah. You're, you're not getting... You weren't at home base. <laughs> yeah. That was a shithead in the Johnson Center. Yeah. Every week. I used to love that little movie theater down there. Yeah, dude, it's still there. Is it really? Do you sell movies still? Yeah, yeah. They'll do like, you know, third run movies, movies that came out like two or three months ago. They did did a couple screenings there when I was, I believe I saw The Ringer there. I think I saw American Sniper there. Did you really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. you're younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> it, is the, uh, it is the Fortress Film Society. Thank you so much for tuning in. Excited to be here. We have a plethora of piñatas to discuss. I am your host, Shude. We are broadcasting live from the Fortress of Solid Dudes in Fairfax presented by Monk's Barbecue. I'm just going to go ahead and say congratulations to our guy, Money Monk, who I know has been working for, I think, years to get a beach house in the Outer Banks, and I believe he made that happen today oh, well. as we are recording. So congratulations to him. Uh, very happy with him. I expect to be able to stay there free of charge. <laughs> yeah, start working that into the sponsorship. Uh, Monk's Barbecue, of course, Monk's Barbecue in Percival. Cannot recommend Flying Ace Farm enough. That is Monk's on the farm. And please go out this Saturday and get a bottle of that. I'm so glad. I'm sorry, guys. We drank the honey bourbon. I would, would have loved to give you something to try. It was fucking fantastic. That's this Saturday. Uh, Jim Daddy to my left, and you're right across the radio dial. Hello, James. Hey there, boy. There is Loud Goat. Good to see you, Goat. I'm sure you enjoyed your three Dukes free days. I did. I did. I'm not going to lie. You know, I, uh, it, I believe the uh, anticipation of my departure was grossly overpredicted. I, I think, uh, you know, I had a couple of days to reflect, and I realized I was itching to get back in here and talk about movies. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad to hear that. It was a hell of a week last week. Thank you again for all of your participation. It was delightful. It certainly was. There is the tube, speaking of participation. Hello, Tuber. Still hung over from that broadcast mm. taping. I'll tell you what. I can't Don't tell miss you. that episode when it comes out, man. It, it's about as much... Fun. It's weird because the Hoot Nanny the next night was so fantastic. I loved it so much. Crazy but week. That fucking broadcast and goat. You were there, and Jester, of course, you were there. Um, if it, I, I just can't oversell it enough. If you thought the fucking Hoot was crazy, the broadcast was just as crazy, and that is the basement of what your expectations should be. <laughs> um, there's there's just shit in there I can't explain. So yeah, that was a that was a crazy fucking night. And uh, did you notice? O- uh, Oathman seemed fairly upbeat. Uh, like yeah, he's in a good mood. I think. Things there are might, okay with him. He's on the right dosage. He seems like there it. might even be visual evidence of joy. Yeah. I, I think there's plenty of it. And had a couple of margs. Uh, Showed up on time, what, which it, was an hour before taping. Was it talking to people? Yeah. Uh, seemed to enjoy talking to people. Yeah, I'm fucking crazy, man. I'm I'm very happy for him because cutting through all the ball busting, he's one of the most tormented people I've ever met in my life. To the extent where I think 
Oh, I wouldn't say this to his face. In some extent, it's ruined him. Like I, <laughs> I've always said that. Like he, he's got as much talent as anyone I've ever met, and I just felt so bad that like he couldn't get out of his own way. And he, he seems to really and being enjoying being a family guy and fucking where he is in life. I was very happy to see that. That's great. Yeah, it was I know things it. have been teased like this before, but I, I really do think it's the best reunion show that we have done. Since. I agree. Uh, it, it, something like I was I was really proud of. I know I, I talked to you about it. Goat and I kind of talked about it in the parking lot as well. And then I even, you know, I went home and, and talked to my wife. About it. I was like, I think that's the best episode that we have done, you know, at this stage in our lives. And and honestly, one of the best, I think, just like broadcasts that we, we've done. It might be the best broadcast. And I, that, that is no way a shot at Dane. I think when Dane came back, first of all, everyone was excited and happy to see him. And he was very funny. Oh, and he fucking killed it. He yeah. was very funny. But I, I, I'm with you. That energy was was excellent. There was... It was a good episode on top of all the crazy shit that fucking happened. So uh, that'll be available next Saturday at Commonwealth Dry Goods. Thank you, boys. Appreciate y'all being there and being a part of it. Um, big episode today. We're going to do three movies and we're going to do a book. Uh, I believe it was my turn. And I selected Red Sun, a Western in 1972 that I think I streamed on Tubi. Yeah. Okay. That's where I got it. I like Tubi's bit. It's free, and there are commercials, but there is one fucking commercial, and you're right back into it. Now, oh, okay. The edits that left a little bit to be desired. <laughs> it, it will cut in the middle of the most dramatic scene of the movie. Certainly will. Uh, a film directed by Terrence Young, uh, and he directed From Russia with Love, amongst uh, other films, and then it starred uh, some action luminaries, and um, Charles Bronson... And I believe it's Toshiro Mifune. I think I said his name right. Uh, Mifune. Mifune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he uh, is, of course, a uh, martial arts fucking superstar, as we all know. has been in a million uh, uh, samurai movies. As uh, two guys that meet under unlikely circumstances, there is a train headed west with a Japanese ambassador on it back in the old west. Charles Bronson and a group of ne'er-do-wells hijack it. At first, I thought it was two different groups, maybe three different groups hijacking <laughs> yeah. the, the same train. Yes. Yeah. Uh, then there is a uh, a real dickhead that uh, he's partnered with. Um, <laughs> but they really get to letting you know he's a dickhead early on in this yeah, movie. Yeah, they, they pull no punches. There's no subterfuge about, like, well, maybe we can root for... No. Nope, 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 nope. Um, basically, there's a double... Gouch, is that how you say Gauche. his Gauche. Uh, they Alan Dillon's the actor. He's great. Yeah. He's a great fucking villain in this movie. And... Um, yeah, it's, it's basically they, they steal the sword that the ambassador was bringing to the president and Mifune's got a fucking seven days and seven knots. To, John, just make yourself fucking be laid and then stand up and take your jacket off and make yourself comfortable. <laughs> He's in other. uniform. He's wearing a shirt, so we're going to forgive everything. Um, <laughs> man, uh, so what was I saying? I don't even know. That uh, they end up uh, teaming up because he's got seven yes. days and seven knots. And I, I, I want to start with this. Those two journey to like and respect each other. I could not have been a bigger fan of that. I thought yeah. they slow played it really well where they have this adversarial relationship and Charles Bronson almost has like it's a caretaker type of relationship where he's having to be watched and he doesn't have his guns. And then there's a moment in the middle of this movie where he gets his firearms and they've got to figure out a way where, well, he could just leave now if he wanted to, but they have to stay together. I thought that there was some really good, I thought, movie making just in having those guys start where they did and having them end up where they were at the end of it. Yeah, the moments between the two of them, when, especially when it was just the two of them kind of philosophizing with each other about their backgrounds and what honor means to them and revenge and how it all kind of pans out and why they're both doing what it is that they're doing, those were easily my favorite parts of this movie. The quieter moments between just the two of them 
felt like the the definite best pieces of this film for me. Yeah, you know, you see Charles Bronson learning the the samurai way or, or observing the samurai way being weirded out by it and then eventually realizing what it's all about, respecting it. And I mean that's where like the movie comes that's where the movie climaxes, right? With with um Mufune dying and him realizing what he needs like to be honored. And then the same thing with watching the samurai experience all the western shit you know going to a a, a whorehouse and uh, <laughs> yeah. just experiencing like you know like the ranch and shit like that uh really really fun if you like either of those types of movies samurai movies or westerns this is a really good time and if you like both it's a fucking great time. there's some great fight scenes in this movie and uh there's a just the end sequence where it's the the apache is it the apache who was attacking them? the comanche the comanche we're attacking them, and, and the fucking the field is on fire, and it's hand to hand combat. But it's also like, man, that was a lot of fun. There, there was I, when he knocks him down the hill. I fucking loved a lot too, and when he's just <laughs> trying to get away. Um, how did I forget how to say. It. Is it Kurado? Is that how you say his character's name? Mafuni's character's name in the movie? I couldn't. Kurodo. I feel like they pronounced it a couple different ways. Kurodo. Um, He's great, man, and that that stoic fucking it just it it fits because so many westerns are lifted from samurai movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyways, it, it made total sense. I was really glad. What I was worried about this movie is that because it was the old west and people weren't as enlightened as we are now, that all of the characters are going to be dehumanizing that guy and like saying awful things to him. And and they didn't lean on that as much as I thought they would, even though there was some. Clearly rough stuff that happened in this movie. Charles Bronson belts a blonde chick pretty hard in this one. Um, there, there was a lot. This movie was also, um, I think it was PG and there's tits, which is crazy because Cannibal Run and, and fucking Ho- uh, uh, Hooper are PG and there's tits in those too. I've, I, I, when did that change? That was allowed. Uh, I believe that would have to be like the mid 80s yeah, when they started to think about but PG, I feel like that's always been a little bit of pushing the envelope for PG. Yeah, I always yeah. thought so, but the last three fucking movies we've watched, it's happened. PG-13 started with Temple of Doom. Right. Because yeah. that was PG, and everyone was like, this is way too shocking yeah, I think PG, it was... but it's it's not rated R, and then that's when they brought around Think PG-13. about some of the ghosts in Ghostbusters and how terrifying those fucking things are. Yeah. And that's a PG-rated mm-hmm. movie. That movie would definitely be PG-13 if it was made today. Absolutely. I mean the amount of swearing in in, yeah. in general. He calls Walter uh, Walter Peck dickless. Yeah, <laughs> which is a great great scene. I mean it's hysterical. True. This but... man has no dick. Yeah. <laughs> and then when you watch the TV edits and you see like they cut different scenes so that they said this man is some sort of rodent. We don't know which kind exactly. Just it kills the fucking. I'm getting into the weeds. Yeah. Um, don't ever watch Ferris Bueller edited. Oh my God, is that bad? Well, it's almost as bad as. Remember Sam Jackson? If Pulp Fiction is ever on, he says Melon yeah. Farmer. And uh, Big Lebowski, the famous one, is is this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps instead of fuck wow. a stranger in the oh ass. My which God. is it, that's upsetting. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's like not even worth. <laughs> that's it. That's actually upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like this movie. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, the critics did not like it. The consensus seemed to be um, that the concept was much stronger than the actual execution mm-hmm. of the film. I'm thinking Goat agrees with that, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. I, I really liked it. I think I went into it knowing I'd like it, and I had confirmation bias, but that's gone the other way before. I, I wanted those two to have a buddy cop scenario, and they did. I would have preferred if they figured out a way for both of them to survive at the end, but the 
image of the sword hanging off the telegraph line or whatever that is. Yeah. I thought was very effective towards the end because he's still a dick. Like Charles Bronson right. in this movie is still kind of a cock mm -hmm. by the end of it, but he decided to honor his word because of what they went through. So and I, a lot I of those that. a lot of those samurai movies end with that type of shot, right? Sure. Just kind of like the the more um profound, you know, single image yeah, of like a, a the, weapon. The or, sword stuck in the yeah, ground yeah, yeah, or yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was like a nice a nice touch that's hanging from the wire above the railroad. One of my favorite parts of the is the very beginning of the movie where like kind of the, the, the samurai bodyguards all step off the train and someone actually goes, Holy shit, yeah. look at that and you're like, Oh my god, there's a samurai in the old west. Like I think, this is so I, cool. Yeah, the, the quote was God almighty, just look at that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, I, I definitely took note of that one yeah. specifically. He's got the ceremonial like, wow. garb on. Uh, one of his best lines was, one mosquito, no mosquito. Yeah. <laughs> he slashes his nap. <laughs> I was like, all right, that's a little on the nose. It's, I... it's crazy hearing him speak English in this movie. I mean, yeah. I think everything else I've seen with him, is it's in Japanese. I, I did look up a little bit uh, as far as details are concerned. Apparently, he recited them phonetically. Like, he learned his lines phonetically. So he made he was, better than I could do. Yeah. He's a fucking pro, man. Yeah. He's one of the best screen actors to ever live. I mean, Christopher Lambert was doing that in Highlander. Was he really? Yeah, he didn't speak English when you he say he Lambert. Said, yeah, it's Lambert. Isn't he's it? French. That's where Dottie and I are always on the Lambert. Lambert train. Hey, it's Lambert, it's, dude. He's from. He's French. I don't care. It's Lambert. It's Lambert. Right? I always say Lambert as well, but are, I know oh, we're a, pretentious. Give me back that word. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, said it. It's pretentious. That's right, you did. I'm sorry. Good. I didn't hear you. Um, when they first start the fist fight, and he judo flips uh, Charles oh, Bronson, yeah. and he stands up and goes, you think you can do that again? He goes, most certainly. <laughs> flips him another 35 times. Because he's awesome. disgusted. He's like, I'm not even going to fight a guy that won't make a fist. And it's like, I like well, that he makes the fist for him yeah. so he can get punched by it, too, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, there's a, an amazing Charles Bronson jump kick sequence in that fight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Trying, I'd look for a gif of that for an hour after I watched his fucking movie. Uh, but I couldn't find it anywhere. Um I was happy that there was no. There's a scene where the uh, the um, what do we say? We didn't say Apache. I keep forgetting Comanche. Comanche are dragging the, the hot blonde chick off, and I'm like, oh, there's going to be a brutal Indian rape, and there wasn't. It was nice. They just tied rawhide around her neck, which I thought. Well, was, they were trying to murder her. Yeah, right. But killing is fine. She stabbed one of their friends. Like I try to kill somebody, they stab one of my friends too. Uh, I thought that was a really interesting. I've never. I've watched yeah. a million westerns. I'd never heard of I'd that. I'd never seen that before either. That was pretty... I don't know if cool is the right word, but I was like, oh, shit. Unique. I'd say effective. Let's yeah. say unique. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Inventive. Yeah. I, there was a lot to like about this flick. I'm interested in what Goat did not like about it. I think the... I, I enjoyed so much of it mm. that what I didn't enjoy didn't really detract. I think oh, there were a lot of quick cuts where maybe there shouldn't have been. I think where longer shots would have helped out a little bit more as far as telling what what the hell was going on right. in the action sequences, and that might have been a limitation of the budget and whatever they had to put on the screen. Um, I really, really enjoyed, like I said, the interaction between uh, Link and uh, and I've, we've forgotten how to pronounce uh, Mifune's character. Kurota. Kurota. I, I thought that the two of them together were fantastic, and when they had the moments of action, especially when it was just the two of them in that one little village, yeah, where they were taking out the uh, the cadre of bad guys that were there on Gosha's behalf, I was like, that was really cool. Mm. Like that whole sequence was awesome. That was I think, my favorite moment too. Yeah, the and once they got into the tall grass at the end, That's I expected great. it to go crazy. It did, and there were moments in there that were awesome. Like you said, the the 
the Native American with the spear versus him with that the, was with the such samurai a cool sword. Scene. And it was just that tension between the two of them. That was really cool because it also it slowed things down and gave you a chance to focus. And it was a good fight scene. A lot of times in older movies like this with sword fights, they're all a lot. I mean, think about Darth Vader fighting Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's just like, this is a disaster. <laughs> and that was like a really well choreographed, and it's two different types of weapons yeah. that normally you wouldn't see together. Go Tell me if this sounds right. There's two reviews that I want to read to you. Mm-hmm. This one, I think, describes you. A watchable but consistently erratic effort that generally feels like it should be much better. That is exactly what I would walk away from thinking. I, I thought it was trying to be too many movies at once. Okay. This was my, this is another review. Uh, it said Red Sun is a perfectly enjoyable character driven adventure. That that would be what I would say. Okay. So um, I I see what you are are saying. I think that I this is itches more of scratches more of what itches okay. me than I think it does other people. What do you think, Donnie? I mean, obviously, anything with samurai swords and especially like anything with Toshiro Mifune, like that that is my wheelhouse, dude. Like I love those fucking movies, and so. Seeing him in an American movie was really cool. Like I said, hearing him speak English and then just watching him with like Charles Bronson of all people, like seeing him with with an American like icon of his own genre, I thought was fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I mean there are parts where I would have liked the action to like go on a little longer. Mm. Um, I do appreciate like that first like third where they're really at odds trying to mm-hmm. figure out each other. Once they pick up the girl and they're kind of moseying along, it does drop off a little bit for me, but. When it comes back around and it's just, yeah, you know, gunfights versus tomahawks and spears versus samurai swords, and there's, like, some decent blood in the kills, yeah. it really works for me. And uh, I'm glad that I – this was not on my radar until you showed us the poster or what it was, whatever it was, like, a month ago. And I'm, I'm glad that I finally uh, I, I finally got to it. It's funny because the way I found this movie was I was blackout drunk, if you can believe it. And no. I was, and I was about to go to sleep, <laughs> and I, um, I, f- I flipped on something, and it was the scene where it's samurai versus – spear you know spear yeah. uh, wielder and i'm like what in the shit is this and why haven't i why haven't i seen it? how has this not come across yeah. my uh my purview at it's, any point in time so yeah. i wrote on a drunkenly on a piece of paper i wrote uh find the find the samurai indian cowboy native american <laughs> old west i wrote down all these different things yeah. and then I, I woke up the next morning i was like what the fuck and then <laughs> I found that poster that I then immediately sent you guys, and yeah. I said, this is the coolest poster I've ever seen. So it was on the radar for me for a while. Um, I feel like, do you remember uh, Romeo Must Die and fucking Cradle to the Grave? Mm-hmm. Was where it's like, here's Ja Rule and Jet Li. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if we tried to make one of these now, that is what it would be. <laughs> um, yeah, it wouldn't have that. Maybe it wouldn't be quite as earnest. Yeah, no. like this is, uh, it, it was a lot of fun. I'm going to give it, shit, it's tough for me to score. I'm going to give it a, I would lean more towards a four. I'm going to give it a three and a half just because we watched some fours recently that I think are better movies. But shit, is it a lot of fun? I definitely will watch it again. And if you like Westerns and you like samurai movies, I don't think you can fucking miss if you sit down and invest a little under two hours. I can I can definitely see that. I think in in that respect, I would probably go toward a three um, just because I, I know as, as we've spoken, you've enjoyed it more than me. So I don't know if giving it the same score would make any sense. Um, it just depends but, what a three and a half again, means to you. Yeah, usually it's we we say a three and a half is a movie that I en- I enjoyed and would recommend other people watch. And I would say I often give out conditional three and a halves because it's if you if I know you're into any of this stuff, it's yeah. an easy recommend. Um, but I think I might stick with the three just because of the uh, the flaws that 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 just kind of tripped me up a little bit while I was watching it. So I've seen better 
westerns, right? Western action movies. I've seen better samurai movies, but however, I think it is hard to find something that would combine both and be so yeah, like we've mentioned, like sincere about it. Um, it wouldn't play to this. This I guess this does play to stereotypes, but it's never in like a joking way of more of like a oh interesting. I am this other side of things watching that stereotype play out in like a very natural, honest way. So. Mm-hmm. I think it is a three and a half for that reason. Um, I wouldn't go any lower than that, and I was dancing between three and a half and a four. I feel like maybe there is a movie out there that does something like this even better because I didn't know about this movie, so I yeah. want to know if there's if there's more out there. Like um, uh, the good, the bad, and the weird is a Western kind of set in like the Korean. Uh, it, it's a, it's a Korean movie, so there is there are like some elements of like right. Korean like uh, sword fighting as well as uh, westerns. But that movie came out like ten years ago. It's it's really good if you haven't seen it. But um, this is really fun, and it, and I'm really glad that Chad finally brought it up because I I texted a bunch of people like, hey, did you know this exists? Because yeah. if you don't, it's free right now, and you should watch it. It's not on, it's not on any. I've never even heard of it. Like mm-hmm. it's weird because I've watched so many cowboy movies. You think you would? Yeah. Come up in a queue somewhere, and it's only available in standard definition wherever yes. you can yeah. find it, even if you pay for it. Yeah, which oh, did you pay for it? I do. I always, if I can avoid commercials, I generally I, tend I, to. Just which is weird considering how much fair. we both enjoy vintage commercials. That is true, <laughs> but I don't like current commercials. They're the fucking pits. What do you think, Jim Daddy? I would have given that one a four. I liked it a lot. I again, like you guys have said, I I can't believe that this has never come across to my radar at all for as much westerns as my father watched, but it was. There's funny moments in it. The action's really cool. Uh, the stick when he's fighting with the samurai. That was so funny. <laughs> and he, he just he tries to get the drop it. on him as well. Right. Yeah. And it's like you just don't learn. He's just going to keep cutting your stick. <laughs> that was that was great. I like that a lot. <laughs> he's just going to keep cutting your stick. <laughs> I can see Jester pointing at his TV and yelling that in his fucking living room. That was funny. Haven't you learned yet? <laughs> Dude, there's a, there's a movie called... Have you seen... Chateau's Land. No. So that's a uh, that is another movie with Charles Bronson where he plays a, a half Navajo, and uh, that popped up right after this movie. Aha! Uh-huh. Again, you're not going to believe this. I was intoxicated, so I was like, mm. well, I'll watch a little <laughs> bit of this too. Woo! That they get right to it in that one, boy. There is some language in there that goat would not enjoy. All right. So let's, um, so we're forewarned if you check out Chateau's Land. All right, I'll I'll put that on the trigger warning. <laughs> Can I plug two Mifune movies Please? that I'm like over the moon about? Uh, one, they're both. Akira Kurosawa, but one is high and low. It's not a samurai movie. It's like a, a police procedural, like kidnapping mystery movie. Oh, um, actually, I know that you guys weren't the biggest fans of the Batman, but I thought it was the worst movie I've ever seen. Matt Reeves took a lot from this movie. And I think seven. this movie's a lot better. Uh, is this movie seven? Because he took a lot from seven. Also. Uh, not, not, not exactly. Um, some of the shit where they're behind the glass comes like directly out of that movie, but it's it's really good, like tension and also just. Like he's doing really cool shit in that movie, and and he plays like the rich, uh, you know, bureaucrat whose son is kidnapped, and then he has to work with the police to, um, to to get him back. And so it's just he's flexing like more straight up like dramatic, you know. At that time, it was 1963. It was like a contemporary drama versus a period piece. And then Throne of Blood is the Macbeth adaptation, hmm. and he plays you know the the character of Macbeth, and he's a samurai lord. It's fucking amazing. Wow. Like they're they're doing shit with like bow and arrows in that movie that really had never been tackled before. And um, both are available on. I think they're both on HBO Max because they're Criterion releases. But if you're interested in checking out more from like that era and his, like his biggest movies, those are two major recommends. And of course, he's in Seven Samurai and Yojimbo and like the 
the mainstays. Yeah, I've seen Seven Samurai. That's a good movie. Um, is that, that uh, forgive me, uh, Rube's fucking uh, take, but isn't The Magnificent Seven? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and okay. Yojimbo is a fistful of dollars. And, yeah. and that was something that people were very excited about in the uh, run-up to this movie, because you've got a member of The Magnificent Seven and one of the Seven Samurai. Yeah. Like, I guess, yeah. sharing yeah. screen time. You know what? I didn't even think about Sharing that. screen time together, which is pretty cool. Yeah. By the way, I hate to keep going back to Chateau's land, but um, <laughs> you know how Jack Palance has always looked like he's 70 years old mm-hmm. his whole life? There's a very young Jack Palance in this movie, and he looks like he's 70 years old. <laughs> it's fucking crazy. Um, all right, good. Well, I'm glad we all enjoyed it. I dug it. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah really glad. All right, boys, we've got uh, a book and two films to discuss. I think last time we did the book and then the piss break and then the two movies. Does oh, that work that works everybody? for me. I like it. All right, so we get the the reading out of the way. I, that's the way I, I fucking that's how I view my life. Um, Old Country, a novel, was the uh, the book. It was a horror debut for Matt and Harrison Query. I uh, I never did Google how it was based on a Reddit sensation, which it said on the back, which made me very dubious of the book after I'd already bought several <laughs> copies. Um, but it was. Uh, it's a book about this couple that figures out a way to buy a ranch, and I believe it was Idaho, and uh, it's in a valley, and they don't have a lot of neighbors, and um, their neighbors that there are there are this older couple, and they own a ranch, and they come over, and they basically tell them, hey, um, there's a spirit in this valley, and every time the seasons change, something fucked up is going to happen, and you need to adjust to that I, to respond. I, I think you're being very kind they were even more vague than that they when they showed up with their that. warning so yeah. yeah they said here are some rules you're going to need to follow now that you live here yeah i mean i don't know how that i actually one of the things i thought about reading this book was like how, how if, I, if i was in that situation would i even go over and say anything or would i just let i know it's get turned into because i don't want to get screamed at and it's like you're not going to believe me no matter what and so i guess it worked out the best it possibly could um and so that that is it, it all the way that it unfolds. It's it's in seasons, and so a new season arises. And I thought what was great is they don't vomit out what all of the consequences are at the beginning. You learn at yeah. the beginning of each uh, section, and it's uh, written from the couple's perspective. So you get one chapter with the wife, and then one chapter with the husband, which I I enjoyed. I actually thought that was a nice mechanism, and it wasn't nearly as confusing for me as the. The last fucking Black book House. we read. Well, yeah, that was like multiple personalities right. as well. And yeah. like time travel and things. Oh, God, I was so yeah. mad about that movie, that book by the end. Of <laughs> yeah, it. I will say right off the bat, it was refreshing after Very straightforward, that, yes. That point of view debacle, because I, I also really struggled with that in the last book, and this was much more uh, apparent. I, I'm going to also say I'm not the biggest fan of plain speak written language <laughs> when they're saying things like, that barking ass dog and I had to go take a wicked shit and I, I don't I don't like that. Like, it does throw you a little bit because yeah. you're reading a book and you kind of expect proper grammar. Yeah, yeah. I'm an uneducated rube and everybody I know is an uneducated rube and, and like I don't want to read a book that sounds like us. <laughs> and it's one thing to have it in a in a quote that a character is saying, but to have it as what the narrator yeah. is saying, it's always kind of a little it can be a little bit jarring. But I yeah. guess it's it's from their first person perspective. That that helps to smooth it out, but I totally understand where you're coming from. Jim read the book, uh, which nice. is nice. I'm happy for him. Uh, well, let's start with Jim. What did you think? I had a good time with this one. I I think I feel that they didn't have either ran out of time or didn't have an ending. Okay. How how everything kind of came together and ended things 
doesn't make sense to me at all. But did you enjoy you enjoyed the book? It was fun leading up to it. Yes, yeah, the whole process was fun. They the description of the the naked man with the bear. I thought that was really good. The 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 scene it seemed to get really intense the first time he encountered that, where it was gun pointing at him, screaming, "Please God, just say something! I don't want to kill this person." But yeah, that's, that's the rule. Yeah, <laughs> naked man with the bear. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? <laughs> that's that's the review. What else is there to say? Done and done. I'm glad Jimmy enjoyed it. What do you think, dude? This was about on par for me as the Black House. Mm. Um, it. I know we talked a little bit before the show and talked about how, at least for you, it felt like homework for the first time. Right. I had something very similar where the the last couple books that we did, I read in like big chunks, right? Like probably like a third here, a third here, a third here, in more or less like a couple weeks' time. This was like. 10 pages, 20 pages, oh, six this was, pages. Oh, this has got to take a knee. Like, this this was like, you know, five minutes here, five minutes there. Like, nothing really kept me turning the pages, mm. which uh, we I know it says debut. Do we know if it was their first horror book or their first book? I should have looked that up. Because I, I, I wish I, I should have looked that anyway, up as well, that. because I feel like maybe I should be That's taking that name. into consideration when I score it. Because um, I know, like, the Black House, I, or not, not the Black House, one of those books we gave a little bit of slack because it was, like, a first. I think it was The Deep. Okay, maybe that was it. It was, like, yeah. his first or second book or, or something like that. Um, yeah, the, the plain speech, it, it, didn't, it didn't work for me as much. It, it's, like, a very, okay, like, I read it. And, and I still, I also feel weird whenever we're reviewing books because I, I still feel like I really did something by finishing a oh, page-to-page page yeah, book, yeah, right? Like, it is, it is fulfilling. So working with the scale that we have, it's it's a little more difficult. I can't remember what I gave the Black House, but I would probably give it to this book as well. Well, luckily we I, have an Instagram that I know, has your I, let me, score let me pull for up, the Black House on it, and I'll ask really what he thought of the book while you're looking at your computer. I will say the first half of this book was very riveting, and even the first three quarters were very, very intriguing to me. As more revelations came out and you got like little – pieces of information about what was going on and the conflict between the younger couple and the older couple as to why they didn't tell them or what haven't they told them or what else is waiting behind the door for them whenever the season changes or who knows what's going to happen and the idea that the spoiler alert the bait the bait and switch that winter was supposed to be the off season oh unless you happen to have killed someone unless it's the worst thing ever yeah and and then it turns into the trial of the ages um i will say the one phrase that i probably kept saying out loud as i was reading this this book was um fuck old joe Hmm. forever and his secret keeping ass like seriously you don't have enough time to walk over and maybe spread some old person knowledge to these people especially with all the knowledge that he did have he has the secrets in his book and you know in his family tree of history and he's coming over only after his best friend of all time happens to die in a grisly accident he didn't tell them either i mean he's not sharing any of that shit that ultimately was very he wouldn't even come over and say hi it's like an entire year goes by and he can't even swing by once with a fruit basket like seriously kiss my ass old joe we part company there if i was old joe and those shitheads showed up and they were loud and young i'd be fuck you i'm but, gonna stay but again <laughs> but that's why and let you die but why even why even bother giving them the rules then just well, when they killed your friend well yeah. they didn't give him the rules the fucking old couple did but his, yeah they were all the whole i don't know if he just wanted them out get them out like, give I'm, them the wrong rules i'm surprised um i loved this book i fucking absolutely thought that the, my favorite part was 
I, I can't wait to hear what the next curse is. And mm-hmm. I can't wait because the fucking the light in the lake. I was like, oh, this is that's a, weird. This is a little benign. Like this isn't. And they're not. You're not the fucking image of a naked dude running slowly, and you never know when it's going to happen. And if he touches you, he's going to rip you to pieces. And he's screaming the entire time. Like, I mean, I yeah. found that horrifying. Yeah. I, for some reason, I could put myself in this situation really well. And then I think Scarecrow. Well, you had a lot of naked dudes running around. A lot backyard. of naked guys. And then, like, to shoot them, like, you had to, your wife's going to have to do it. So then you have to watch your wife shoot some dude. And, like, they feel very differently about what's going on. I thought his character. Was written a little meatheadish. Like yeah. I mean, the second the fucking everything happens the way the old couple says, and he's still screaming and yelling and saying there's a logical explanation. It just seemed a little cliche mm-hmm. to me. But I really, really enjoyed the oh my god, what? It, as soon as the naked guy, the bear chase thing was explained to me, I'm like, how the fuck do you even come up with that? Like that was so yeah. unique. And then the scarecrow thing, they set Ooh. it up. I thought really well because it was so subtle. Like oh, it's so easy. Like uh, this is no big deal. Just I'll drag it to the scared. fire. We're I'm, good. I'm not feeling that ejaculation that I normally feel. Like why is that? <laughs> Um, and then I wasn't expecting it to culminate so violently in that moment. So there was a lot of dread for me when I saw, oh, I'm getting closer to a new season. Like, mm-hmm. When they would start talking about the weather's getting warmer, I'm like, oh, shit. What's next? The fuck's going to happen? Yeah. Because they just make kind of vague references. There's there's problems with this. Another problem that I like uh, that I loved with it is there are moments in this where I thought a conservative was writing it, and there was moments in this when I thought a liberal was writing it. And neither one of them was all that preachy to me, and they both kind of – balanced each other mm-hmm. out without I can see that yeah taking a side and I, I I enjoyed that and and I'm as someone that's married without kids there's a lot of shit that happens in this fucking I'm going I'm sure you can yeah. agree I thought they did a good job of like balancing the relationship I didn't like when she went to Denver and fucking oh my god you're gonna get it as soon as she gets home and it's like <laughs> your wife wouldn't understand hey you're on this trip and I'm just gonna wait until you get home for the bad news yeah that's what yeah. i would do it's what anyone would do and i don't think any woman would be that over the top fucking pissed about that there was a lot of that where somebody found something out and kept it to themselves for a few days or until the time was right to tell them news and, and it was always different people who had been angry about that earlier in the book which was where i kind of went well all right then i yeah. guess they acknowledged their hypocrisy uh, saying it out loud in the book, but still, it was kind of like, hey, wait a minute. But that's like Joe coming up here and saying, oh, don't worry, my story sucks too, but all your guys' story sucks. It's like, well, you haven't, you're not indemnified because you you said yours sucks. <laughs> right. By the way, yours does suck. Um, yours yours doesn't, doesn't even count. I, um, I recommended my wife read it. Um, I, I'm, I'm sorry you guys didn't like it as much as I did. I really, really enjoyed the process. I thought the ending was a little muddled, like, yeah. like what Jim said, but... It definitely was up until Goat. You said the first three quarters. I marked where I thought it got a little off the okay. rails. Um, it, the winter part where it's like, oh, you just get a break. I, I fucking thought, man, but there's something fucked there's up gonna that's going to happen yeah, in the that's winter. Fair. I thought that was a great way of ha- making it only apply. Like, why wouldn't this happen to anybody else? The only part about this where I couldn't suspend my disbelief is they have camera phones. They have the internet. You don't take your camera out every time that naked man comes running out of the fucking woods and yeah. say, what the fuck is this? Some ghost hunter come here and tell me what this is. Right. Maybe that's what the Reddit post was, man. Maybe that's where it all came from. Maybe that's what. Maybe this is a story about a Reddit post. I don't know. I should look into it. I think I saw Alex Horvat was actually trying to spoil the book in the chat. And he, uh, <laughs> he was writing something about that. Uh, so I don't know. I want to look into that. But uh, I think that, that did stick out to me where yeah. it's kind of like, why wouldn't old Joe just sell tours you know ghost tours we've got millions but call then, zach baggins yeah say, hey we can't fucking leave here's all the evidence and oh by the way there's the light here's mm-hmm. the scarecrow it just manifested itself set your fucking cameras up yeah i wanted to know a little bit more about 
where it came from. I actually thought for the longest time that it was going to be I thought old Joe was going to be behind it. I did. I thought the old couple was going to be behind okay. it. Like they were making sacrifices and or whatever. I thought it was going to yes. be. I, that's oh, kind of what a, I was thinking for that's as well. Gr- I actually thought it because when the first spirit got really angry when he said, because I took your land, I thought it was going to be uh, Native American vengeance curse I kind of thought on that anybody too. that moved in. And especially when the, the, man. the second time he called them tourists. And I was yeah. like, oh, okay, okay. I can see how I see where this might be going. And yeah. then. To have it just be no, no, no. It's older than all of us. Right. Even 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 the tribes that were here, you know, thousands of years ago, they're all just jerks that are walking through my land as well. I'm the land. And it's like, all right. So the only way to get out of this is to just like, oh, hi, ghosts. I see you now. Sure. Sorry. Well, Sorry for killing you guys. The, the last <laughs> plague was not as satisfying to me as the the, the two ones in the middle. Yeah. I really, that to me is where it was. I, I had the opposite experience that Dotson did. I fucking ripped through about a hundred pages of this real easily. Yeah, which I actually really appreciate because normally I'm ADD and I'm falling asleep and all that shit, and I could just kind of roll through this. So to me, it was a real easy read, and I, I really enjoyed it. It's my favorite book th- so far that we've uh, okay. That we've read. I got to be honest, and like talking about it with you guys is helping a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, because it's not like we're texting about it while we're reading it. We're supposed to bring it to the show. I think the way I read it is probably what hurt it. And I don't think that it's the book's fault that I read it that way. I just, for whatever reason, wasn't getting into the zone that I sure. had been with the other books because I, I know I compared this a lot to the last book that we read, The Black House, but like there's at least like scary shit in this book. I th- yeah, I think there's and, some yeah. real scary shit. And that is. That is a plus, and yes, it is way easier to understand. I had no difficulty understanding it where like, I found myself going back and reading shit in the last book because I wanted to make sure that I was reading with the right point yeah. of view. So it is it is definitely better than the last book. I think I do. I like The Deep the most oh, still, boy. which I know wow. is, is controversial. And I, Very I, to me. I really liked uh, – I'm, I'm just reading these titles off the shelf. How to Sell a Haunted House, because I was just going book number two, book number two. I also like that a, a lot more, but this is that, definitely a step up from, from yeah, the third book. I, that, that one was more annoying to me okay. than this one. Because I loved that one. Yeah, I that thought one. it was like a little crazier and, and – But no, you, don't wackier. take this the wrong way. No, no. You, you two guys are kind of girly, and that book was kind of girly. And I think this book was I less – I like weird shit. I know, but you're kind of it, – it's not a pejorative. I'm just saying it's, it is what it is. And I think that that probably appeals <laughs> – a little bit more to you where I thought this one had less of that and that's probably why I liked it not that I'm a fucking man's man I would die in two seconds in this world that they're uh-huh, in. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the image though of you wake up and there's some fucking weirdo perverted contorted scarecrow on your front lawn yeah. and then it collapses to the ground and as you're dragging it off to the fire it's screaming and grabbing and yeah. I don't know man that just sounds fucking horrifying to I, me that, that, that's why I would include fall as as one of the seasons that still really worked yeah. for me um, and and that's because especially when they were like well we don't know when the last one's going to show up it could be as late as after Thanksgiving it could be next week it could, and then to have it be not only the last one, but to have it be the apex, like the crux of the remainder of the book, right. like kind of the turning point for, for where that happens, Fall really hit for me as well. So I'd say the first three, it was when they got to the, hey, the ghosts are still out there. Hey, look, the ghosts are still out right, there. Now they're screaming. Hey, look, they're banging on the roof. Hey, look, the ghosts are still out there. And it's just like it kind of, the other ones were... They were out of nowhere, or they sure. would pop up, and it was just, it was. I think the ubiquitous descriptions of what the ghosts were doing kind of got a little bit wearying as as that chapter went on. But and then you know, as we've talked about, the conclusion was kind of a big, "Hey, we're we're out of room." 
it wasn't satisfying. Yeah. Um, especially, but luckily it was easy for me to read. I, I think the reason why I was so frustrated with with the deep is that the conclusion was horrific in it, my opinion. And it, was, it, it was trying to be way too heady. Yeah. And, and I fucking I, I it was not pleasurable for me to read. Also, I'll start to resent a book if I'm not enjoying it, and it's not even the book's fault. It's like I'm sitting here and investing time and energy, and I'm not looking at my phone and like all the things I want to be doing. I want to be eating <laughs> and fucking watching movies and stuff. Yeah. And so like I'll resent the book if it's not entertaining me at the level that I think that I want it to. I that can see that. me with playing games, too. Like yeah. If I feel like I've oh, sunk yeah. enough time into a game that I have to finish it, and I'm just like, this fucking thing, dude. And I got... Like, how many like more I, missions are there, for man. God's sake? I haven't played yeah. the new one, but when I, I played that, um, the Jedi Fallen Order game... I quit that, that game for that reason. Dude, I, I was like... I, I had sunk in, like, four or five hours, and I looked it up. I'm like, all right, this is short enough. And then I was just, like, seething playing through that whole fucking game. Yeah, I, I didn't enjoy that game. Go, go, go! go I love that. Look. Yeah, like, no, yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Fucking put the the Lucas Arts comes up. Goat's gonna. Jack his <laughs> <laughs> I know plenty of people that feel a the lot same. Of people way. like that. Uh, uh, the the latest Assassin's Creed was like that for me. Where I'm like, yeah. this is not fun enough for me to put an out hundred hours. Any of game. any of the Ubisoft games just get to that point where yeah. it's like, hey, there's 38 more missions and they each have 14 check, part, check marks to put on uh, underneath your objectives. I'm going to... I'm sorry. No, anyway, I was going to say, but uh, anyway, back to the book. Yeah, I don't want to... Look, don't let this... I, I do agree with you, Dawson, in that when sometimes I come in here... What was that Cronenberg movie we watched? I always reference that. Possessor? Yeah. I didn't like that as much. Then when Cronenberg we all start, Jr. When we all Jr. started talking about it, I was like, hey, that... Yeah, you know, like it's. I've had conversations mm -hmm. with you guys that resonate with me where I feel differently about something we consumed. I think you can do that if you're you're doing what we do. I'm gonna give this a four, and I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's by far my favorite book that we've read. And I think that if um, I don't want to say if you're wired like me, I don't think there's a lot of people wired like me, but I think that if you if you give it a if you want to read something that's scary, that's kind of, I I thought it was a very unique premise. I'd never heard of anything like this, and it moved really quickly for me, which I also really appreciate. I really don't need a lot more from a book than this this thing, and I don't I didn't feel stupid after finishing it. Like a lot of times, like I don't know what the fuck. I've read Catcher in the Rye ten times. I don't know what happens. It's I don't okay. Know what it means it's okay. Everybody Nobody always tells me I need to know. No. No, nobody really does. I get so upset with that everybody. Book. Everybody that teaches that book in high school is just pulling one over on all the students. I think you're I right. I never had to read that one. Well, yeah. it'll take you ten seconds. It's yeah. not. I mean, it's written like a, a mongoloid, un so that un helps. Unless you are reading it with a resentment factor to it, yeah. then it'll take you like a week and a half yeah. to get yeah. through the first half because it. I just kept reading it and being angry. But, but, do, you, but do you like uh, Outsiders and uh, Rumblefish and all those? Yeah, those are fun. I, this is, sounds crazy, but this reminded me of that just because I really enjoyed those books and I just could rip through them and I'm like, I can see that. Teenage angst. I got it. I know what's happening here. <laughs> Pony boy dead. Um, <laughs> hey. <sighs> All right. So, uh, yeah, sorry. Four. I would probably, hmm. I, I enjoyed so much of it and the, it's hard to get past that the ending kind of disappointed me, but I would still probably, I'd probably end up weighing in at a three and a half with this and i think it's one of those situations where maybe it's because i read it while there was so much other stuff going on uh if i had taken the time to maybe read it a little bit more leisurely um what do you mean there was so much other well, stuff going there's on? been so the last couple of weeks oh, have been yes. a little bit uh, hectic for for our schedules <laughs> our collective it. schedules so if i'd taken if i'd had a little bit more time to maybe read it and let it soak in a little bit more i would probably have had a an elevated experience with it. I probably have enjoyed it a little bit more. I am going to definitely pass this book off to someone else to see what they think of it. So that's where I kind of have to give it a three and a half, just as a, I would, I would say if you're into a book 
that has a character study with it as well as the horror elements, it's worth picking up and checking out. Yeah, I did, I think that, that's fair. I did go back into the archives and I, I gave the Black House a two and a half, which I think is definitely too low for this. You book. gave the Deep a four. I did. He loves the deep. I, dude, I liked it. It was fucked up and weird. All right. That's what I like. That was the name of our podcast. You are fucked up and weird. Um, <laughs> but it's this this book is definitely not a, a two and a half. Just even using that as like the grounds for a two and a half, there's there's stuff it, it's a better written novel, written. I think, than than Black House. And yeah, there is actually like scary shit in it. Um I, I'll give it a three. And and I think that could be very much hurt by the way that I read it, and yeah, you know, we, there was shit going on. We were doing shows, we were traveling, whatever. Um, I, I, I think that any book can really be affected by the environment that you're reading it in sure. and the time that you're putting in and stuff like that. What did you give it, Jim Daddy? I gave that one a 3.5. I, I did have fun with it. The ending didn't upset me nearly enough to start knocking points off, and I would tell somebody to read it, although I can't give them my copy because I'd have to give them my phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because there's, there's not really much reading going on. It's more like podcast listening. So that's fine. At least it was consumed. All right, good. Um, we are going to take a break on books just so we don't get burned out. Maybe in the next episode of Something Strikes Us. We had a conversation before the show about maybe something that would work out so we can get to that. Sounds I actually, reasonable. I actually do need to piss, Goat. I know yeah. you went oh, beforehand. All right. You too? Too? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It always takes me a minute to find out where the piss break is. And when I do, it's always one of my highlights of the whole fucking week is whenever I can get that thing working. But uh, when we come back, what are the other two movies? It's um, We've got Jacob's Ladder and Cannonball Run. Could there be two more different movies? No kidding. <laughs> than Jacob's Ladder and Cannonball Run. And I'd like to point this out before we have this conversation. Cannonball Run, my idea. Jacob's Ladder, I'll let you go ahead and speculate as to whose idea it was that we watched that movie. <laughs> It's my job. Dude. I'm kidding, Dewey. It'll be fun to talk about. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go jack each other off. Oh. Bathroom breaks kick ass. Talking about anything. It's true. The world today, it's crazy. I, I don't remember the last time I saw a trailer and I was like, that's too scary for me. Mm. And I think, uh, maybe the first paranormal activity. Okay. When they were really hammering us back before, like, we were kind of accustomed to those found footage viral deals that for actually i mean the the 2013 evil dead trailer was pretty fucking scary when that yeah, came out also that movie rules it's not bad i like uh drag me to hell better than that movie just so you know i uh, so do i but i'm happy that i have both how about that drag me to hell 
I forgot how fucking funny that movie mm-hmm. is too. That movie is they've he Sam Raimi the fuck out of that movie. Like the dialogue, <laughs> that chick is just giving you Bruce Campbell lines as she's driving around, like towards the end when they're she gets dragged to hell. Spoiler alert! It, oh. it it deserves to have the respect and recognition that all of the Evil Dead and yeah. Army of Darkness movies have. And I remember being really bummed it was PG thirteen because I'm like, well, how are they gonna chop make it right? Chop someone's arm off with a chainsaw and then. Uh, She's the, the corpse is fucking vomiting on her. Yeah, but there's I, there's the one scene where they're doing the seance where the guys dancing in the air and I'm like, oh Sam Raimi, this <laughs> is so great. I love this so much. Go, you've seen it, right? I have not. God oh, damn it, go! Yeah. <laughs> hey, we've, All right. we've got an outlet here. Let's. There's you know, a reason I to watch guarantee it. This guy hasn't seen it. Done. Let's watch it. When do Drag Me to Hell and Evil Dead Rise? Oh, man, this sounds like a great fuck. Now, the only thing that's going to ruin it is the movie Dotson picked. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we did. did oh, we? yeah, did no, we, we, no, you we know what? We, broke, we broke protocol. I was so worried about the book. I'm surprised you didn't storm out of here after I mean, we broke protocol. Uh, <laughs> Taking a bag of cheeseburgers uh, and left. Shall we announce that now? Uh, please, yes. Besides, uh, all right, so, so right off the bat, Evil Dead Rise and Drag Me to Hell. Evil Dead Rise, Drag Me to Hell, and then Tuber's Selection. Well, I figured I'd, I'd be just about as confusing as possible with our last official pick. Instead of Red Sun, we're going to watch Red Eye Ooh. from 2005 with uh, Killian Murphy and Cillian. Rachel McAdams. We're not going to agree on anything tonight as far as I, pronunciation it, of I actors. I promise it's Killian Murphy. Uh, Brian Cox is in this, no. and I didn't even fucking know this. It's directed by Wes Craven. Yeah. So... That's going to be, uh, this is something that's been on my radar. I remember like the poster. I remember seeing the DVD on the wall in Blockbuster. Never actually seen the movie, so um, excited to visit that. I believe it's on HBO Max as we were oh, recording that's good to know. this show. Yeah. What year did it come out? 2005. I saw that in the theater. Okay. Um, I remember liking it. Uh, and I remember it's on a plane, but that's all I remember. Yeah, I oh. caught, I got, almost got suckered into watching it on cable one time, and then uh, the commercial break started, and I said nuts to this, and oh, I rolled out. My so, goodness. a woman is kidnapped by a stranger on a routine flight, threatened by the potential murder murder of her father. She's pulled into a plot to assist her captor in a political assassination. And if this puts me back in your good graces, Chad, sure, clocks in at one hour twenty five. Ah. Oh, yeah. Already good for half a point. Score. <laughs> uh, 79% from the critic, 64% from the audience. So healthy scores on the old tomato meter. I, I really like to try and find blind spots from the, uh, the, the, the mid-2000s because we were still getting just like regular-ass movies that weren't tied to any type of IP. Mm-hmm. And they were just one-offs. You know, we've talked about like some of the Shyamalan movies, but just, yeah, just like... like uh, uh, I, the, the people call it like vulgar auteurism, like John Carpenter movies and shit like that. Just it, it doesn't have to lead into anything else. It doesn't have to be you know a best picture nomination. It can just be yeah, it's a movie to make a movie, movie which yeah. like like sixty five. Yeah, right. I, I think that's a really good example of something that we don't have a lot of anymore. Well, and, I mean, wait for the sixty five cinematic universe right. to start. So, so oh, did I, you see that we might be getting a Pope's Exorcist cinematic universe? I had heard a rumor that that might so. be the case. Our, our buddy Jeff Katz is being he's banging on on Twitter about that. Uh, that movie, by the way, available VOD. So if you did not see it in the theater, um, you should definitely check it out. If you have any interest in uh, Russell Crowe being an exorcist and riding a scooter all over Italy. Um, <laughs> I really had a lot of fun in that movie. Did you see it? No, I did not. Yeah, well, I'm going to pick it up, it on, uh, pick it up on, on demand. I think it's actually still playing in my theater in Tyson's. So. Check it out. 
I mean, it was great in the theaters because there's a lot of loud demon rattling the wall mm-hmm. sound effects, which is cool. Um, it's fun. It's a, it's a shitload of fun. All the, it, they play all the hits when it comes to an exorcism. Movie, I did so. check out Bo is Afraid. Don't oh, do God it. God in fucking heaven. I, there was hmm. no jeopardy hmm. of me watching yeah. that movie. Well, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just I made no sure warning. Yeah. Well, dude, I, I, told, I didn't think you were going to watch Skinner Inc., and then you did. Oh. But oh. I just, for the sake. Look what you've done. For, for your own sake and for the sake of my, my phone bill. Just don't watch. Don't watch. Bo is afraid. Do we fucking talk about Skinamarink on this show? No, because I haven't seen it yet. But I knew is enough that, about it. You know, that we I, should do it for next episode. I was just about to so say, is that you movie four? Have to watch it. That's too. fine. All right, movie four. Okay. Yeah, sit through that shit. You have to. Be you nice. know, Dottie's gonna nice. love it, you right? Have to be nice. If he loves this movie, I truly am gonna be like, I. I well, you have to go to couples therapy and figure out what's going on. <laughs> You have to be nice. Here's what I will say. <laughs> you have to be nice. You, I have never in a million years would I have thought you could make this movie. So that, it was an interesting journey because of that. I see. There's a lot of interesting uh, behind-the-scenes shit with that movie. It basically, it accidentally got a wide release. It was not supposed to get the release that it did, and just by like weird circumstances, it made it into theaters and then obviously Shutter put it on their their service. Oh, they're they're, bo- they're jerking off into the ceiling fan about this fucking movie. Yeah. I can't wait for Jim Daddy to watch this movie. I don't know how to take that. So the premise of the movie. I'm, I'm by the way before I, I want to put this out there. This is your idea yeah, to watch. Yeah. This oh no, the show. I already watched it. No, this I is already this is, watched I it. purposefully <laughs> have never mentioned that movie on this show because I didn't want to go down I this road. That. No, I'm not. You're, no one's taking any blame here. I watched it drunkenly with my chick, and we sat there for. An, by the way, it is. 30 minutes longer than it should be. Even ah, I not, hear that from the people that liked it. Just just want to put that out there. The, the premise is excellent. There are two kids, and they wake up, and all the windows and the doors are missing in their house, and their parents are gone, and they don't know what happened. Oh. So the premise is really good. It, there are moments in this movie that are really spooky. but Do they find a geode that floats by itself? God bless. I'm never letting. Die. You know, I gotta quit this show. I, I can't. I can't have. I can't have two picking any more movies in this. Fight. I didn't pick this movie. No, the last one, the one with the geode floating in the fucking closet with the, the lights and the two dudes making out. I don't think that happened in the movie, but I might have. It should have. It might have. It was more interesting than anything else that happened in that fucking movie. We did three car movies in a row. Just oh, shake it up a little car bit. Movies, Just want to shake it up a little bit. I want Sicario and I want Cannonball Run. <laughs> What are the three car movies in a row we did? Hooper, Hooper. Italian Job, Smoking the oh, You picked Italian Job, and it's No, go picked Italian, picked Italian Job. Italian well, he, that, all my car movies have fucking ruled dick. All right, let's, let's move on. I don't know that I've ever are heard we that be able turn to? of phrase before. <laughs> Fuck. I had to have a bit of a tantrum after I remembered Skinner. Yeah, it's, you know, set off a little bit. It's my own fault. I, I, I knew that movie was going to annoy me, and I watched it anyway. And and now you'll be able to share the joy with the rest of us. Well, I, I am very curious to see what you guys think, because I will give it again the, the compliment. I've, I didn't. This is a style of movie, I guess, that Tuber was aware of, and I was not. I had no idea a movie like this could be made. So that part of it is interesting. Dude, the, the, the article's... The headline reads like this is the new eraser head. I mean, what like what did you? I didn't know that. I don't read articles <laughs> about Skinamarink. I read the bio of it, and then I saw that every, critics were people, losing their minds. People about are it. freaking out about it. So I have heard 
Oh, the best way to watch this movie and the way that I intend to watch it is you got to watch it late at night. You got to put your phone away. You got to turn the lights off. Like it has to be, don't pause it. Like it's got to be like a full, like a very like immersive movie. How long long is it? It's It's like like a buck 40. Okay. It's longer than that. I I know, I know that you appreciate that type of like, you know, immersive experience, Mm -hmm. or at least you know that if that's recommended, that's the way to do it. I do. Yeah. So that is what I'm going to do. It's going to be like a, a midnight movie. Uh, everyone's going to be asleep already. I'm going to put my phone in the other room and just, uh, have myself a time. Just for context. Probably be on drugs. Not this isn't the be-all, end-all. It is an hour and 40 minutes. Tuber was right. I would have swore it was two hours and it 10 was, minutes. It was as long as the Ten Commandments. <laughs> um, 71% from the critics, 44% from the audience, Ooh. which is way higher for both than I was expecting. So there's that. A uh, poster, very scary for this. Movie. I will put my phone on Do Not Disturb and have an auto reply that says, Watching Skinnamarink. I know you like homework after a movie. You're going to need to do a lot. I, yeah. Uh, who do do we, let's, let's start with the Tubes movie and finish up with the fucking uh, the crazy car movie. All right. You don't like the crazy car movies? I thought we've been having I fun with I love the crazy car movies. Two of them came in one movies. show. I like Denny. Three of I them like... came in one show. Oh, that's true. Yes, yeah. We did them all in, well, in the same show. You can't be if three of them all came in one show. I'm not hating. I'm just saying it's okay to shake it up a little bit and have different shake types of up. movies. You said before the piss break that Jacob's Ladder and Cannibal Run couldn't be more different. I, I think agree. those are our best episodes when the, the movies cannot our be more different. Our best episodes are when we watch movies I pick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the supporter chat agrees 100%. Well, we'll go to your supporter chat and see what the fuck they think, asshole. Oh, that was uncalled for. I'll call my supporter chat. Are you fucking, chat. that was a shot, goat. I know a shot when I fucking hear one. I'm just shooting back. I don't want to die from like a shooting back. All right, Tube, uh, the floor is yours. Jacob's Ladder, 1990, directed by Adrian Lin, with hmm. one Tim Robbins. Everyone likes him, yeah. right? A lot of Tim Robbins in this movie. A whole yeah. lot of Tim Robbins. A lot yeah, of shirtless yeah, yeah. Tim Robbins. Hey, is he jacked? And I didn't realize it because, man, were they fucking acting <laughs> like he was uh, Charles Bronson. My God. It's got that, you know, like that kind of gross early 90s feel where I feel like they're doing that in, in a lot of those types of movies. Like Angel Heart's like that too, right? Yeah. Like it's just kind of gross and sweaty and, and dirty and grimy. This has like some like New York grime to it mm-hmm. as opposed to, I think Angel Heart's like Louisiana. But yeah, with it, the voodoo factor, yeah, the, the the tone of it and just the way it looks, like it it reminded me very much of. I can't remember which one I watched first, but I watched them around the same time, and and I often think of them together. It's pretty grody this uh, mm-hmm. this movie, and it and it changes a lot. Like sometimes it's less like funky, and then it gets just disgusting. Yeah, like, there are spots where you're like, oh oh. I don't want to be there. Like, I have no interest in even watching people that are in the location that they're in. You've never in. been to a dance party like that before? I mean, that or, you know, uh, an insane asylum that has, like, a walk-through <laughs> cage tunnel. Like yeah, the, like the, 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 like the shark aquarium. The short legs yeah. running across the cage. How about that opening fucking Vietnam scene, by the way? Yeah. I mean, that was... Ving Rhames gets it so rough in that yeah. opening. And by the way, pre-pulp Ving Rhames yeah. in this movie. Yeah, a few years earlier. Um, which was cool to see. And uh, there was a lot of... When I realized he survived that, I was like, what in the fucking hell? How when, is that when possible? all of those guys survived, yeah. I'm like, I'm, Maybe. I'm positive well, I watched them get run yeah. through. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something wrong with your shoulders, Frank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You all right? You just got to keep them loose. Sometimes I got to wave my arms over my head. <laughs> uh, the director has not made a ton of movies of note, but Fatal Attraction is one of them, which I just recently watched, by the way. Fatal and, Attraction? Yeah, had a good time with it. I prefer Basic Instinct. Oh, so do I. Mm. I mean, that's the, as sleazy reason. as it gets. And then there's Sliver, which I've jacked off to many times. <laughs> um, 
there was one line that I wrote down that I, <laughs> I, I wrote next to it. Imagine saying to a girl you're involved in, how did I ever get myself involved with such a fucking ninny? <laughs> I was like that is a really insulting thing to say to somebody. Yeah, he's a huge asshole to that really hot chick. Pretty much the whole movie. Yeah, right? she's yeah. nude the whole time too. I appreciate, yeah, that I is that. that is cool. Uh, so you know, premise: this guy is well, he's a Vietnam vet, and he starts seeing crazy shit in the in you know the bowels of New York City, mm-hmm. and then he realizes that some of his war buddies are dealing with similar issues. It plays for a while like it might be a PTSD thing, and then you realize, oh wait, there was the the, the army was working on this drug, this you know super whatever you want to call it, super soldier drug or whatever, and that we were the test subjects of it on this horrific you know incident in the jungle that no one can quite remember. There's an unexpected Jason Alexander cameo in this yeah. movie. That, <laughs> it's always um, jarring. I've always had this theory about Seinfeld. Let me run it past you guys. Is that those are the only people that I've ever seen on Earth that are remarkably more attractive as they age. And anytime you see young people, the, the, the pictures or video of the young four of those main characters, they're hideously unattractive. And Jason Alexander looks as bad as he's ever looked in this movie. He's got the worst comb over I've ever seen in my life. Um, he has a really annoying eating scene. He's so annoying. Oh, he does, yeah. If I ever meet him, I'm, I will never say this. I am so irritated by him when he's not Costanza. When he's Costanza, he's my which favorite. Is, which is interesting because the, like, basis of Costanza is to be an irritating human and being. And be Larry David. Yeah. I, I understand that, but he's he's a genius at that. And whenever he's acting, when he's in Shallow Howl, I want him dead. <laughs> like, I just fucking hate when He's on Friends. When he's trying to commit suicide and Phoebe's talking him he's out of it. He's in Friends? He's in an episode of Friends while Seinfeld is on. I don't know how they pull that's this so off. fucking weird. And he doesn't have one funny line in it, and he's a guy that's going to commit suicide. It sucks. It's a terrible episode. <laughs> this has nothing to do with anything. But anyway, well, it is it is shocking when he appears on on screen in this movie because there's it's, George. It's also and, and this was 1990, so this was like right. I bet you this was filmed right around when Seinfeld was premiered. I bet this is right around McDLT. Jason Alexander. Mm, that sounds hot, hot and the cool. That cool. late 80s you know McDonald's. Yeah. No. Do you know about that McDLT? Okay. Hmm. I'm so happy this is happening. This right is now. this makes me very happy as well. Goat knows. Jester, oh, yeah. you have to know, right? I don't know what that oh. is. D-L-T. Hey, you can be mad at him, though. You can't be He's mad at him. He's our age. He should. <laughs> I'm he 26. Should. You know who Jason yeah. Alexander is? I do. You know what Seinfeld is? I do you know what McDonald's is? There's a whole fandom page about this. <laughs> Hold on. This. Can you stop for just okay, a second, sorry, sorry, please? Sorry. I have to have this moment. The McDLT mm-hmm. was a burger where it came in a big styrofoam fucking container. By the way, everyone was very excited about the McDLT. I oh, yeah. The premise was the one side was hot. It was the burger patty. And the other side was cool. So it was your lettuce and your tomato. Oddly enough, the cheese was on the cool side, which I never really understood. Okay. And what you would do is it was supposed to keep it fresh. So you would pull it was in a box that was separate. So you would pull it out and put it together yourself because it kept the hot, hot, and, and the cool, cool. That's what the McDLT yeah. was. And he was like the spokesperson. He's not the spokesperson. Oh, no. He's the spokes singing, dancing person. Yeah. Pull up the commercial. It was an entire production number, like Broadway style. Hold on, no. d- 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 what's his name? Jim, <laughs> that guy. Your, your laptop's not plugged in, though, is it? To the, it is to the board. Yes. You pull it up so we can all hear the song. <laughs> can we play that without getting pulled off Facebook? No, you're gonna have to come over and watch it over okay. here. All right. We can't play, we can play an old commercial. We can play the song. I'm saying I don't yeah. think we can play the video. <laughs> Maybe I'm we could. Pretty sure we can play the the song. Oh yeah, we can play this. I mean, yeah. if there's if we get a strike for the, the, the McDLT song, so be it. The entirety of YouTube is also I, going down. All right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta get a video of YouTube dummies watching this <laughs> the first time. 
Okay, three, two, one, start it, Jim. Burger hot and your lettuce and tomato cool and crisp all at the same time? Yeah! Well, I say you got it. I'm talking McDonald's new lettuce and tomato hamburger, yeah. the McDLT. I'm talking quarter pound of beef on the hot, hot side. And the hot stays hot. The new McDLT. It's one of it, hooray eighties. How like, much better? You can't tell me life wasn't better then. Oh my that god! That commercial was on the air all the time. <sighs> As opposed to fucking uh, what's that? Sky Rizzy, Chantrix, yeah, Sky. Rizzi. Oh yeah, or any of them. Nonstop. I'm gonna Sky shake Rizzi. my wife awake and show her this when I get home. Is that? <laughs> yeah. How fantastic! Yeah, dude. Wake the kids, call the neighbors. Because <laughs> he, it was, was he in Second City? Like he had a musical theater background too, wasn't he? Uh, he definitely did have that. a musical yeah. theater yeah. background. Yeah. Nuts. How does Jason Alexander audition for that commercial? And they're like, this is the guy. Well, he sent in his <laughs> uh, his reel from The Burning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. They said, oh, that's oh, The wow. Burning guy. That's that 35-year-old with a bunch of yeah. teenagers yeah, at look, summer camp. I keep my shirt on the whole <laughs> time. <laughs> you can see it poking out in that HD. A little bit, a little G, little titties. All right. Uh, anyway. So he's in this movie. He's way better in the McDLT commercial than he is in Jason's <laughs> Well, I mean, I think that's, you know, that all has to do with the lighting and stuff. This is a very dark-looking movie. Now, he did he did ask if he was supposed to be Perry Mason when the guys were bringing their case I to him. So I Go- appreciated that. So, you know. Yes. So he gets at least a half a pass. But sure. other than that, not not a full pass. But um, there are a lot of... Macaulay Culkin, too, in this Yes, movie. there yeah. are a lot of holy shit, that yeah. person in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the three seconds of on-screen time for Lewis Black... Oh, I did see Lewis Black. When uh, he gets out of the ice down bathtub and he goes, oh, somebody must be rooting for you upstairs. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, holy shit, is that Lewis? I'll be goddamned. And the one member of his platoon that confides in him at the bar. Yeah, that's the priest from Constantine. He's a he's in a bunch of shit. It's yeah. Kyle Gass. No, it that's isn't. That's not Kyle Gass, Goat. Look it up. Goat, that's not it, Kyle it's Gass. It's not Kyle Gass. It's he's, fucking, in, he's in a million movies. It's the guy in yeah. Constantine that drinks yeah, himself yeah, yeah. to death. He's, a he's, he's, not, he's like... Yeah. A, 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 Pruitt Taylor Vince is his name. I just Kyle Gass is, is that is not Kyle Gass he's in this motion D. picture. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I'm telling you, it's that dude that, that Tube just said. Yeah, also in Angel Heart. That's I was about to say yeah, there was the a little dude. bit of. He's got the fucking crazy. Uh, got the crazy eyes. I can't wait for Goat to figure out he's wrong. This is gonna Goat, be hilarious for us. Kyle Gass. <laughs> he's so look. He's mad too. Look, you see, he's mad that we don't believe him. <laughs> <laughs> what are you showing us right now? The IMDb listing for Kyle Gass as Tony in Jacob's Ladder. The, not, the guy in the bar is not the, Kyle Gass. The guy who comes to him and says, like, I've been seeing demons. Yeah, that's not that's this, this dude we're talking about. Yeah, because he's also, you see him, like, crying while all that shit's going we'll on in the We'll check to see if that guy's name is on it and we're having some sort of disconnect here. We might be. Yeah, because maybe they're both in it and we're just fucking ascribing them the wrong... It's entirely possible. Go, this is the actor who he meets in the bar. Yeah, the, yeah. the guy that blows up in the car. Yeah, that's the guy. That's this actor. Take a look. 
It's in a book. Because mm. Kyle Gass is in it as the character named Tony. Yeah, but I'm telling you, okay. well, this dude, because I remember Tony. saying, that's the guy from Constantine. Like, that's holy in everything. shit. Yeah, he's always a big fat mess. Oh, he's also like, he plays a, he's in some <laughs> movie. Oh, isn't he the fucking guy in Identity? Yes, it's he's on in the Identity, table? Uh, yeah. Natural Born Killers. Yeah, yeah. He's got a really distinct, I'm okay. a pedophile look. I mean, yeah. I, I, I'm sure he isn't. Wild I'm just saying heart, those, yeah. That's what it looks like. Now I have to figure out which character it was that he was in the motion picture. It is picture, strange but he is that Kyle it. Gass is in the movie. And right. It's, it's not the guy we're, we're thinking of. <laughs> because you'd think he's... Um, the same, the same body shape. While you guys are going crazy, um, I'm going crazy. I was experimented on. Was part of the bit that was going on that every woman found Tim Robbins attractive in this movie? Because I didn't <laughs> think he was attractive. I guess so. And then like the the the, the palm reader chick is really into yeah. him, and then all his his wife and he's got the hottest chicken in his mailroom is now his girlfriend, and like those little girls that are singing to him on the fucking sidewalk are really into him, and I'm like, oh yeah, he looks like he's special needs in this fucking yeah. movie, and his hair never looks the same anytime <laughs> he's on the at some point at some point he has an afro like he's big curly hair, and then other times it's very straight like when he's in Nam. Like his look changed so drastically yeah. throughout the course of this fucking movie. Well, and it's it's I think some of that is, you know, depending on what you believe the actual reality of the movie to be. Sure. Is that if he is in the afterlife already, then, you know, crazy stuff is gonna happen or like his perception of what the ideal, you know, his existence is. It's very weird. Like it throws you off in the jumps definitely mess with you in that in that regard where you're like is he happy is he upset is he dying is he already dead is he it was just very unsettling but the fact that maybe that was his brain trying to give him some solace in the middle of all that insanity was it like oh you're still at least appealing to the general public i guess unless it's mafia guys trying to kill you right are are we fucking supposed to believe though that that the girl that he's living with was not in that mailroom and never existed and he he was on that table the whole time in Vietnam. Like I just to me that it felt like a like you know we were talking about the endings. It's like this movie. There's so much crazy shit happening. It's like oh no, he was dead the whole time. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? This is a whole life we're talking about. Yeah, that he lived here. That's well, there is that episode of TNG which I can't watch. I get too emotional. Where the, the fucking um, the aliens beam all an entire lifetime's yeah. worth of shit into Picard's head, and he was only unconscious for like a minute. And he yeah, lived yeah, like, yeah. You he know, has like, like the, the family. Years. Of, yeah, yeah. That's an amazing episode, dude. Is it Pro- Point of Light? I think it's it's called where he play, he plays a little flute. Mm-hmm. Mm. I can't even hear. It's that like song. one of the most. Like, I would say one of the most uh, like high highest rated. It, it is the, of the highest show. rated Star Trek episode of all time. Is what it, uh, uh, best reviewed. I think. Okay. That's, what yeah. it is. that's wild. Even more than like yesterday's episode? Enterprise. Oh yeah, yeah. Fucking that one is. That's a lot. I skip that one whenever I go. I roll back through it just because it's too much for me to. I mean, what I like about this movie is just like it. It really keeps your attention, or it really keeps my attention. Right. And it had been—it's really gross. It had been several years <laughs> since I had seen it. I didn't remember a lot about it. I remembered really like like the—it's it's got that kind of—I wouldn't call it iconic, but very recognizable effect of like the the torso standing still, but the head is like freaking out, like moving and shaking. That's a very back. effective. It, it's yeah. it's very jarring. It's a practical effect. Yeah, uh, that's the craziest part about yeah. it. And 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 all of this, I think everything in this movie was. was I mean, practical effects. No, that that is the wildest part. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's Friday again. There were no... Uh, <laughs> I'm worried about you, Ghost. There were no uh, special effects for that. It was shot at four frames per second, 
and the guys just move their heads around at four frames per second, so you got that blur. Oh, really? And it all yeah. just oh, when they showed kidding. it, yeah, when they showed it at regular speed, it just looked like that and because then, they shot it like that. You know, it was in every Tool music video for the next thirty mm. years. I do, I do, I did write down like this movie. It, I feel like a lot of new metal music videos tried to <laughs> pull from this movie or like Nine Inch Nails music videos, stuff like that. Hey, if I could ask something Wait. of you, a favor of you, if we could watch a movie that doesn't feature tentacle rape, that would be fantastic mm. because I didn't really. <laughs> it's been a while since tentacle party. The tentacle rape. Fuck was up with that scene? I'm like, what? also, I forgot about that. What part. is this? I, why I is this happening? It. Like, why is she involved in this? And they're trying. I, I don't know. It's just they, 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 I think the director. Yeah, the party got out of hand in a in a real hurry. Uh, that was a wild party, by the way. Yeah. There's fucking palm readers, and he's convulsing. <laughs> New York parties, I guess, man. I wrote on this. I hate Dodson movies. They're all so fucking weird. <laughs> um, there's another thing that happens in this movie, which I realize only happens in movies. Mm-hmm. It's something you know, like in movies, all they eat is Chinese food. Yeah. It's constantly people sitting around eating Chinese food. It's the, it's a weird movie thing, and yeah. I, I understand it's, it's easier. Like you don't have to actually have the food in there. Like there's a, there's a reason for it. You can just keep picking noodles up and putting them down. Yeah, this is a movie thing that happens all the time, and I didn't realize until watching this. The guy that has the cup of coffee, he holds the coffee out of the car, pours all of the coffee out, then drops the cup. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That never happened. If you do that, you just throw the whole Why thing out. Why bother? Your- yeah. They do that in movies all the time. The cop's like, oh, shit. It's time to go. Dump the coffee. Ugh, thing on the ground. I'm like, I've seen that a million times in movies, and I don't know why. They must really like doing that. They just, it's like a Wilhelm scream or something. <laughs> it's very strange. It's probably just easier to capture on camera than flinging a, a cup, you know, as far out of your window as possible. Could be. Maybe it's just effective, more, uh, more uh, visually effective. Um, yeah. Look, I didn't. It's an interesting movie. Um, it's very unpleasant. I, I didn't enjoy it because there's so much gross shit that happens. Uh, even the fight sequences with everyone convulsing and all that disgusting shit. Like I didn't. Usually, I love like in Forrest Gump. There's amazing Vietnam scenes where like that's that's yeah. fun stuff to watch. Um, there's not a lot here to enjoy. I didn't think it's an interesting concept. Uh, I think Tim Robbins isn't strong enough to be in this role. I think if it was somebody else playing that character, it would have been more believable for me. And I also think the ending, unless you guys can tell me, explain it to me better, I didn't find, I didn't think the ending made as much sense as I guess everybody else does that watches this thing. Um, there is a lot of debate on what the ending oh, okay. actually is. So there's seems to be some, like you said, it could be that he's been dead the whole time. It could be that he's in the afterlife and he's kind of crafted this life trying to deal with letting go of what he could have had had he survived in Vietnam. But what he could have had, it wasn't all that great. Well, this is the bad version. That's like when um, uh, Aiello's speech about yeah. how the devils aren't actually the devils. They're just trying to take away what's tying you, what you, you're longing for in what you could have had. So when he says... You read, you read that online, right? Though? I read that part. Yeah, because I, 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 like, I did not pick up on that the last... I've seen this movie three times and I never picked up on that part. I always have to go back and read that part because, like, his monologue in that scene is kind of what ties the whole movie. Together, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, that, that kind of lets you know what's yeah. happening. But it's but it's sort of the the he had the idealized life, and then that's like the what when it starts to fall apart is when his kid dies, and then it just becomes like he's making the most of it or trying to clutch and and grab onto as much as he possibly can. I don't just to stay alive quote unquote and it's just very strange because they everybody keeps telling him he's dead but then he keeps insisting that he's alive and it's just I, i'm not sure i i think this is a movie that i actually want to watch again um oh, really? now that i've seen what the ending is to kind of maybe get a little bit more uh puzzle pieces it's better on the rewatch is danny aiello supposed to be an angel or he's very angelic he even says in the movie you're like a big look, cherub yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Or is he one of the devils that's actually an angel trying to, you know, have you let go? And, and it can be, uh, you know, assumed that maybe the, the chick that he's living with is also an angel because she's, like, trying to get him to throw away the pictures and move on. And, like, uh, she's helping him in, in various areas. But that's, I didn't that underst- can go either way. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't understand the part where he's in the hospital and then he just needs to go to his chiropractor. And he's screaming, this is barbaric. Wait, it's like, well, he was thrown out of a fucking car, you know? Like, I'm guessing he has What is this, the Dark Ages? I didn't understand that whole scene. Well, they had just seen uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home, and they were really inspired by Bones' disgust at the hospital. <laughs> I guess. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. Um, and this movie's right up my alley, man. And and, and yeah. I, I can't remember There were remember no cars. Who, someone brought it up in the... <laughs> well, there were a couple of cars. Yeah, but there's no, like, sports cars. <laughs> Someone in the studio brought it up a couple weeks ago, and you two had mentioned you had never seen it. Right. And I was like, "Oh shit, let's watch that, mm-hmm. man!" Because it would be it would be cool to talk about. I I, I like movies where I'm just kind of sucked in, and the it just got like this this look to it, this feel to it. It's a very like dreadful movie. There's just kind of like this underlying dread or just like discomfort the whole time because you're seeing these flashes of really fucked up shit, but it's not. It's not ever holding long enough for you to really figure out what it is, kind of like you know, like Captain's Log and Event Horizon or something like sure. that. And I really like movies like that. And I was, I was really happy to revisit this again. And I think I'm gonna put it into a rotation and and try to study it a little more. I appreciated that it lulled you in with stretches of normalcy, right? Where you're almost like, oh, okay, well, he is just kind of freaking out because this is normal everyday life. And then as soon as you get used to it. They pull the rug out from under him and you as the viewer as well, where it's just like all of a sudden something else insane is now happening or he has that snap flash to another time in his life and or whether it's his life or not. And so you're kind of always on your toes, but they do enough to like kind of lull you into a false sense of security uh, for, you know, five, ten minutes or so. And then, oh, oh, we're here again. Um, I find ironic in this conversation that. So much fun has been made of that that tuber comment over the years, where he says, "I don't, I don't watch movies to be entertained." Yeah, and without it, without a hint of irony or, or any type of mockery, I believe him, and I think that's why when he watches this movie, um, he enjoys it. I think that's also why he's like, "Well, there's so many fucking car movies." I'm like, yeah, because when I'm watching like a car jump over a gorge, like I'm like, oh, hey. like I'm, I'm having fun watching that. <laughs> I, you know? I also do the same when I watch the <laughs> I don't car. Know, but I think it's, I think the the dichotomy is is that I watch movies for a different reason usually. I think than you do, and I think maybe that's where we part on this. Um, I, I'm curious as to what Jim thought of it. I got lost so many times in that movie. I had to go back and watch what I just saw. Oh, I thought you were talking about it on your way to the gym. No, <laughs> Where? Nothing? Aww. All right. See, I thought that was going to fucking be a club banger. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy, that was rough. Well, you have to try to make your way to the gym to get lost oh, on your way hi-ho. to the gym. Oh, hi-ho. What? Um, oh, this is for me, by the way, earlier. <laughs> Dick moved moved by goat, by the way. Oh, I'll just steal this. Hold on one second here. I'll I'll make this funnier. I'll punch it up a bit. (laughs) Script doctor. (laughs) Oh, wait. I should be on strike right now. Oh, yes. On no late night TV. I'm just going to have to go home and masturbate with razor blades. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) Jim, so did you like it? It was uncomfortable, but it was fun for me because it did make me think pretty much the whole time. Because every time, again, you do see, like, okay. And then it's like, oh, no. What the fuck just happened? So were all of his, like, platoon mates... Were they not there, or were they going through the same thing? Or if you believe what the gentleman told him, the the the, the scientist guy, the the guy who created the drug, sure, the latter, they're all dead. 
because they all killed each other. They all turned on each other and they're all like in the afterlife together or in purgatory or whatever. And he's, he's also in hell or afterlife because he created the, yeah. the drug. He's being punished as well. Yeah. Yeah. See, I don't. Uh, yeah. Okay. I guess. <laughs> or if you just take it very literally that, yeah, they were all experimented on and they blacked out and they all tried to kill each other and now they're all fucked up because of it. That's a very benign version of hell. By the way, if that's if that's hell, like I mean, if there is a hell and I'm going to it, I hope it's that place. Yeah, you mm. got, got a Manhattan apartment, no roommates. I mean, that's pretty cool. <laughs> also, no fire ants in that guy's dick hole. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's the, the part uh, that I'm worried the about. The tiniest hallway ever to put an aquarium in. Who's yeah. who's the, in there to enjoy that aquarium? Also, friend? there's a bunch of people <laughs> that ran in there to help him when he was like, if, if I, every apartment I've ever lived in, if someone said, "Hey, my my hubby's on fucking fire in here. I need to put some ice in it." Uh, good luck. Good luck to you. Fuck yourself. <laughs> 7-Eleven's right down there. Yeah, Stop very friendly me. building. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every chick wanted him. All right. Uh, what did you give it there, dude? Uh, Jacob's Ladder is a four for me. I think you have to know the title of it. To- Jacob's Jacob's oh, Ladder right. is a four. Sorry, no, no problem. I had a little reflux. No worries. Not drinking's hard. I, it's boring. I'll tell you that one. It definitely is boring. I would say on, on first watch, it's a three and a half for me. Um, mm. It is not the movie I thought it was going to be based on what I remember seeing in trailers and commercials when it came out. Oh, I, I agree with you. I remember seeing trailers for this. I remember thinking it was going to be way more of like a demonic possession kind of thing or a just like just dr- like a weird sort of voodoo sort of like deep. I guess like you said, the angel heart kind of crossover in your brain that goes with goes along with this movie. Like it's got that sort of. Oh my God! This guy's going through something, and he clearly is. But it wasn't what I thought it was. It's it's more of playing with the psyche, which was more intriguing to me than I think uh, that other prospect would have been. So I I would say yeah, three and a half for me. I would definitely want to watch it again. Jimmy, I gave it a three. Uh, I I can't recommend it to anybody just because of how confusing it is. But I didn't really dislike it. I don't know if I would watch it again, but you could probably talk me into it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, I, I, I'm not, I don't mean this as a personal attack. I'm giving it a two. Um, I didn't think all the questions it asked and like, I, I don't like being left to speculate. I want gotcha. you to tell me what happens. No, that is an established something yeah. you are, you are not uh, all pertur- about. That perturbs me. Um, I didn't like Tim Robbins in this movie and um, it's very gross. I don't, if it's going to be gross, like I want it to be a horror movie kind of gross. Like I want it to be, I just didn't like the way gore was used in this. Um, I'll give them credit. There's a lot of disturbing imagery if you're into that. Like, I thought some of the, like, we were talking about the effects where they're driving away and there's a crazy fucking It's face. a really effective movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that part was interesting. But uh, All I, the people on the subway? Yeah. Okay, sure. Like, just pressing up against the glass with their weird muted faces. Those it's are like, scary. Anyway, I didn't, is he really, like, I kept having people try to kill him. Who are those people? Were those the demons again? They are ripping him apart so he could go to heaven? Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I also think like like you can be hurt watching this movie. You can be hurt by not like paying you know soul attention. You're not to this zeroed movie. in. No. Yeah, because there are just there are flashes in moments that are otherwise very like normal scenes. Like the party, you know that something is up, right? When they're at as the party soon as they're there, the, you know yeah. the, the the monster rape thing. There's a big monster but, rape in the middle of the party. If you like to jerk off of that sort of thing, uh, this is for you. Tor. Um, Tor would not like this movie, dude. No, no. Tor, no. well, you know. Tor, when he watches I'm going mean, to make him watch Next I, time he hits me up, I'm going to make him watch it. Tor's kind of in the, the Jim Monk, Gold Member, and Dumb and Dumber are the only two movies I've seen in the club, too, so... A lot of dumb guys are on this. this Jimmy show. getting his own Gold post member. on the uh, on the show Instagram. I was nice. that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. At first, I saw it. I was like, "What in the shit is this?" And then there's that bizarre pic Jim took at Bucky's, and I'm always like, "What is he doing in this picture?" And then oh, that was the one they used. 
Uh, well, thank you for humoring me. Oh yeah, man. That's uh, this is. Uh, I think it's. Uh, I like this movie a lot. I. You said we should see it, and uh, I'm again. I'm glad I. I'm glad we watched it. I would not have. I would never have seen that movie in my life if we didn't watch it on this I'm, show. I'm bummed it took me as long as it did to watch it. This is one of those ones. It was intriguing when it came out but it just sort of fell off my radar in the in the span of time between then and now well do me a favor goat and let me know if you do revisit it and if what uh, the tube says is true if like it you know you have some your edition and okay maybe something you enjoy oh that was a jester call it sure was my goodness mr garrison uh (laughs) cannonball run is a 1981 comedy it is only an hour and 35 minutes because i respect my fellow co-hosts um (laughs) 29% 29% from the critics. What the fuck were they looking for? Wow. 61% from the audience. That That's... feels a little low to me, too. Yeah. Um, it is a uh, daredevil in Burt Reynolds, if you can believe it, um, <laughs> who is uh, teamed with Dom DeLuise, who is yeah. my favorite part of this movie. And uh, they're doing the cannonball run, which is you race from one fucking end of the country to the other. It is very strange to watch this movie. I fell into a cannonball one rabbit hole during COVID. Where people, there's controversy in the Cannonball Run uh, universe where people were ripping up the records in COVID because there was no mm-hmm. traffic. Yeah. Ah. So there's like a lot of pushback. They're like, hey, should we throw all these Does records out? Does this even out? count? Yeah. Um, but there's a huge, I mean, if you do any homework after you watch it, there's a huge underground community of people that do this, and it seems very intriguing to me how they do it. I watched this with my wife, and she went down that rabbit hole immediately. There's a big documentary like they made on Rattling yeah. off facts about you know the various like different versions what, what, that you can drive Motorcycle and stuff. Motorcycle or single. Uh, what is it, like the, the 2904 rule where it's it's got a, the whole trip and the car's got to cost less than two thousand nine hundred and four dollars or wow. something like that that's fun and people do that there's there's so much fun shit that you can read about this yeah it sounds like an incredible underworld uh this movie was not factually based on that um, it, was, it took some liberties let's say yeah, yeah. directed by hal needham who of course directs everything he lives in a trailer in Burt Reynolds yard <laughs> uh made 189 million dollars at the box office. 81 that's pretty good this is yeah. smash that's hit. a ton of money yeah and i guess they looked at Smokey and the Bandit, and that's why Roger Moore agreed to be in this movie. You had half of the fucking uh, Rat Pack. Yeah, the Rat Pack. Yeah. I, was, I was about to say Brat Pack, and I would have just flogged myself with a cat of nine tails <laughs> if I would have done that. Farrah Fawcett, of course. Now, a couple of criticisms of this movie. One, it's not nearly as good as Smokey and the Bandit. I no. And the beginning is very clumsy. Like, before they get on the race, I, I was really not feeling it. I was like, okay. Oh, man, I'm going to be bummed out by Cannonball Run? Like, that can't be. Farrah Fawcett. It, you're you're missing Sally Fields in this movie too. You're missing fucking like I don't think the chemistry between the the main woman and yeah. the main guy are, is there. A lot of rape jokes in this movie, which is kind of weird. Um, I think there are a lot of jokes in this movie. I think like the joke per you know scene or whatever you want to call it is higher than the oh other, it's way wackier than the yeah. other Burt Reynolds movies oh, that we've watched which I appreciate is, wacky is 100% the worst there's a wacky movie there are sound effects when Burt Reynolds bumps his head on the hood yeah 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 and, and it's like oh okay all right fine I had forgotten uh I had forgotten that particular one right at the beginning I know that there's a lot of goofiness which as a kid this movie fascinated me and there were specific things that I was obsessed with the uh the the Japanese car fascinated me oh, as a kid. Oh yeah, driven with the by Jackie Chan. And, yeah, driven by Jackie Chan. And uh, and and obviously the entire subplot of Captain Chaos's entire existence as the alter ego of Victor, played by Dom DeLuise. I was I that 
I had I wasn't paying attention or something when he kept talking about <laughs> him. him. Yep. I was like, what the fuck? I don't understand this bit. And then when he finally does the big reveal. Dun, dun, dun. Because he showed up at the yeah. beginning, right? Doesn't Captain Chaos show up at the very beginning yes. of the movie? Yeah. And then at some point in the movie, he is told off camera, he has told Farrah Fawcett, Farrah Fawcett about it. Yeah. And then they have a conversation about it on camera, but you still don't completely get it. But they're talking, like, she is in on the joke now where she's like, oh, him, addressing him. And right. then he starts dropping hints that, like, is this guy, like, a super? He's out there helping people, right? He's doing what I can't do. The big bar fight. It's not a bar fight, but the big brawl, a Pier 6 brawl. Yeah. Where Captain Chaos knocks down that whole house and fucking. <laughs> and he does he does the uh, the trampoline jump over the pile into the middle of it all and starts tossing bikers Dude, out. Jackie Chan fights Peter Fonda. Yes. <laughs> Peter Fonda. He's just in the movie for 10 seconds just to be in awesome. a fucking fight. I mean, it was there. That fucking scene is so much. When Captain, when he's about to win the race, and he dives over the bush to save the fucking dog or whatever. Yeah, when she says, "My baby, my baby <laughs> fell into the water," I started, I'll save your baby. I started laughing so hard at this movie. Uh, by the end of it, I couldn't believe everybody that agreed to be in this fucking crazy ass. Yeah, movie. it was. It was one of those kind of cast of thousands, blink and you miss it cameos. There's obviously the uh, full complement of a lot of the Hal Needham and Burt Reynolds players. Um, including the one gentleman who was the officer who pulled over Buford T. Justice yeah. and was the assistant director in Hooper. Uh, and so he was part of the raspiest uh, truck driving duo in the yeah. entire race. And uh, like Terry Bradshaw's in there, the big guy who I believe is in Smokey and the Bandit 2, um, Tiny, the, the the one gentleman who's driving the van. Okay. Oh, and he, okay. yeah, um, there's all of those. Terry Bradshaw again. A, a lot of those familiar faces are in this race because they only needed to be in it for, you know, three, four minutes total to to get a screen credit. And they have a few gags here and there. Um, Roger Moore's entire character set up as he's playing a guy named Samuel Goldfarb who is pretending to, to be, be Roger, Roger Moore, Moore yeah, yeah. whose mother is very upset that he's giving up on the Goldfarb Brazier empire, I believe, is what he's ready to inherit. And it's just that whole situation where this character was just an excuse to get Roger Moore in there to pretend to be James Bond without having to pay him to be James Bond, without having to pay licensing for the music. I wonder how bad the voice act, the voice on the his companion was because that was clearly June Foray's voice the voice of Natasha in Boris and Natasha oh, in the Bullwinkle okay. cartoons. It's clearly her voice overdubbed over the lady in the passenger seat where she, where he keeps warning her not to push that button in the car. Well, there's a lot of, I mean, because there's a lot of uh, shots in front of the windshield and not a ton yeah. like in the car, at least for other drivers besides JJ and crew. And so I'm sure there's a lot of dubbing all over the place. Throughout. Well, Bert I mean, Convy singing I've Gotta Be Me as he's yeah. motorcycle jumping out the back of an Dude, airplane. The, the stunts of this movie that was fucking, are so, it was so cool. Great. This is such a weird movie. It it's so, so goofy, man. Like, I, I love... How about when they drive the car in the fucking swimming pool? Like, that... And then they're the just like, let's like, get a beer minutes. first. Like, <laughs> how are you going to get that? a car in that I'm swimming like, pool? I'm like, dude, they drove a car in the swimming pool. <laughs> Do we have enough ice for all this beer? Plenty. <laughs> Do we have enough food? Plenty, and he's got one bag of chips. Everybody <laughs> is an alcoholic in this fucking well, movie. Well, you'll notice uh, Burt Reynolds drinking and flying. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah, even yeah. driving in and this and one. And landing to, oh, to, to get more beer so they can continue 
Flying. I thought Dean Martin might have been shoot drunk in this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah. for well, he had it. perfected that uh, that gimmick throughout his career. So the guy that plays the the Sheik in this, yeah, is, he's in Scrooged. Did you see yeah. that? Yes, yeah, Jamie Farr. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fucking great. He's, yeah, he was fucking hilarious. Now he'd never be able to do that. Now the you, Dawson was talking about stereotypes in the first movie. I mean, holy shit, this is the stereotype movie. There is, um, <laughs> well, let's say, uh, a decent amount of racial insensitivity. Yeah, let's which put is, it that which way. Which is always hilarious. Yeah. How about the the, the, Get the, the physical, the lady, the lady cop with the cleavage. I thought that was a funny. Yeah, gag. yeah. Well, they keep getting away with it. Well, I guess they were dragging the two female racers into that cabin to sexually assault them until fucking Captain Chaos eyebrows got, flops yeah, in there. My eyebrows raised at that. Part. I was like, what <laughs> in the shit? This okay. is a little out of. And then there's that one line where Burt Reynolds, is like, she's like, I expected a gangbang. Goes, what do you think we are, a bunch of rapists? I'm like, man, that's a bit strong even back then. On isn't it? the nose. Wow. Um. So some of it was like, wow, this is really a different time i also felt like there was a lot of 70s late 70s early 80s humor that maybe i didn't get like there were there were big moments where they like, turned and said something to the camera i'm like <laughs> i don't know what the fuck you're talking about so uh, some of that missed uh on me but um i i the black trans am shows up in this fucking movie well and he even says at the beginning when they're flying and landing he's we like been done already. Yeah. Which is great. I love self-referential shit, so I was fine with that. There's Dr. Pepper stick in this movie, Oh, by the there way. is. That's why I have a big gulp Dr. Pepper for me. <laughs> so it's just like... <laughs> Doesn't he start singing the fucking Dr. Yeah, Pepper does. song on his way to the... Oh, no. Go. Oh, no. It's all right. It's a little warm in here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, there might be a... Somebody like might have prepped oh. for this t- conversation. Oh, oh yeah. Goat's <laughs> <laughs> wearing a I'm a Dr. Pepper t-shirt. <laughs> I might have had one of those at one point in my life. Oh, delightful. Yes. Well, you're a bigger Dr. Pepper fan than anyone I know. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't you I like to this. be a Pepper, too? <laughs> I might have been waiting all week to wear this shirt just because of watching that movie again. It was one of my enduring memories, seeing it at the drive-in, when he just goes into his little impromptu shuffle. It's like a whole lot of goodies for you and a big gulp Dr. Pepper for me. Do you me. think that was product placement, or do you just think that was a bit? It, I, God, it has to be product placement, well, right? Because he I wanted one the whole immediate. thing. It's like, bought, so after we watched this, I went and I bought two 12-packs of Dr. Pepper Zero. <laughs> at the fucking, I didn't even dawn on me. I was like, I never buy this stuff. And I'm like carrying it out of the store. I'm like, holy shit, that worked last and, night. And, and well, and it's two two episodes in a row where it's a focal beverage in a, in a line. So, you know, you've got the Diablo sandwich and now this Dr. as we're Pepper. walking across the parking lot. So. I, I still think if we do a Diablo sandwich hoot nanny, it'll be exclusively Dr. Pepper's that night with fucking rum. Agreed. rum or something i second this um i I don't know how here's the problem is it's impossible to score this movie it really is yeah i i do like the first two burt reynolds car movies we watched more than this movie they are better movies on undoubtedly like it's inarguably this is not a this is not a high quality movie this is a fun sequence of events like this is a lot of bits strung together it's so silly um and then at the end, none of it meant anything. They're all just you know, grilling and fucking having fun. <laughs> yeah. And like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't. It's it's a fucking spectacle, and it just it's a snapshot of a different time. Where how would you even pitch this movie? And then what are you going to go to Clooney and fucking like who are you going to say? All right, we got to go get everybody. So make yeah. sure you fucking get uh, <laughs> Kate Bush to fucking sing the theme song because that's the biggest fucking artist we have. Right? She's dead, right? And I think they're they're all people that were very very friendly with Burt Reynolds. I believe is you the think? is that yeah. I mean, well, based on again the Hal Needham players, like a lot of the people who were in Smokey and the Bandit. Yeah, but and- there were a list actors all over this fucking movie. I love in the outtakes you see Roger Moore laughing harder yeah. than anyone else on that set, and, and- that. For some reason, that made me so happy. And that's 
that's one of the this is the first movie I remember seeing in the theater. Well, I guess the drive in uh, we, when we saw this, this was the first movie I remember as a kid seeing that had outtakes at the end and being just entertained yeah. to no end at watching them screw up, but laughing. And there are some of the takes, I think, that are actually in the movie that were also outtakes, but they got tired of trying to get the right <laughs> one. And I think the the biggest one that stands out to me is when he's dressing down uh, Victor and telling him, like, you know, screw Captain Chaos, and he throws down his cape, and he throws down his mask. I remember being heartbroken as a kid, being like, oh, no, he's killing Captain Chaos. And then everybody, he smacks him in the chest, and the water flies out of his pocket, and the and the people watching laugh. Like, yeah. the crowd aren't like, oh, that's rude. They're like, ha, 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 ha. Like, oh, and then you see the outtakes of those scenes surrounding. They're like, okay, well, they're just giddy for, for laughing at this point. They're yeah. drinking real champagne. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Is that where Hogan got the Mr. America gimmick too, by the way? Because it's, it's a direct lift off the end of this fucking movie. Captain USA. Who played the doctor in the back of the fucking van? Uh, Jack Elam. That guy is fucking hilarious in this movie. And I felt bad for him because they did so many times they did that. Look how ugly this guy is fucking gimmick. Oh, yeah. But he kept injecting himself the entire fucking... He was so drinking funny. the fucking shit out of the Can you drink that stuff? I've never tried it. Yeah, they kept know. drugging Farrah Fawcett. I'm like, there's no fucking way this would get made right now. Yeah, he is a riot. And he he's is great. he's one of those guys, like, you can't get him to play any kind of real serious role, I guess. Um, he's in an episode of The Twilight Zone where he's... Uh, He's kind of a combination of this character and um, was it Gabby Hayes yeah. from the old westerns? Where I he's love that. He's just sitting at the bar, like needling people throughout the entire. They go like, eh, "You don't know what you're up to," and you look over at him, and it's like, "Oh, it's a whole pe- bunch of people trying to figure out which one of them is an alien," and everybody's staring at him the whole time, well, of just course. because. Because he's so just, yeah. Well, he's in a lot of older westerns. Yeah. I remember him being like a very sinister fucking character. God damn! Look how many movies he was in. When you had a unique look or a unique voice yeah. or anything that made you stand out you you were a commodity uh, someone to be put into movies because there was something very special about what you brought to the screen he played jug may and support your local gunfighter nice. i'm gonna have to find that wherever the fuck <laughs> oh, that yeah. is um i think you'll i think you'll really enjoy those movies i think so too this fucking movie was impossible to find i don't know what the fuck everyone's problem yeah. is this is a monster hit with everyone you've heard of from that era in it, and the Blu-rays were sketchy as hell. Dots and I were talking yeah. about that before the show. Like, I ordered the standard def DVD. That's what I have sitting on the shelf at home, and that's what I ended up having to watch. Yeah. Well, I watched it on that shitty fuck. Thank God whoever found that link and posted it in the supporter chat, because I waited too long, and I'm like, well, I have to watch And it was horrible definition, but at least I could watch the movie. Did you watch yeah. it on your laptop? No, no, no. I, I can. You can cast it okay, on the okay. big screen. So usually, yeah, I'm saying our technique for the old crappy transfers is usually watch it on a smaller screen, because it improves the experience. But I'm not watching a movie on a laptop. Also, Daily Motion's going to have shit quality either way. It was, it was shit it's, quality. You know, bootlegs, essentially. But uh, I'm going to invest in a Blu-ray of this and revisit it again. But it, I think that it... I think I didn't... It was very fresh, those other two Burt Reynolds movies that I liked more. And so I think that it um, it drove down the, my enjoyment of the first part of this movie. And also, I know this sounds crazy with how over-the-top Buford T. Justice is, but he's just funny. It's not like he was doing wacky, looking-at-the-screen fucking bits. It was just like his... Whatever he was doing was so goddamn yeah. entertaining. He was a cartoon character, but yeah. he was still a character. Real quick, support your local gunfighter on Tubi, Chad. Oh, well, that's, I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm <laughs> not drinking, so I have to do something tonight. <laughs> fucking a while away the hours. I got I to gotta say, I think this is my favorite of the Burt Reynolds is movies really? that we've done. I fucking had a blast it's watching a lot of fun. this, man. It was so much fun. I think that the, the meaner humor 
played better for me. I, I, that's one thing that I really liked about it is it was it had a little more edge to it and a little more like holy shit I can't believe they just did that <laughs> and. They're just all I. I love the you know. It reminded me of in, in a lot of ways. It's a mad, 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 mad world, mm-hmm. right? Just yeah, all these groups. The cast of driving. thousands yeah. farce. Yeah, and and it. I loved all the car shit. I loved when you watch the Japanese car shoot a million miles the into rocket. the air, yeah. and it cuts right as you see it start to probably fall on its back. <laughs> uh, I loved when Roger Moore hits the oil slick. That cop car spins out in <laughs> yeah. terrific fashion, yeah. and I was like, "Holy fuck!" I hope that driver lived. Because that that car is spinning, man. And when they have the um, the roadblock or the checkpoint or whatever, and the one vehicle just plows into the back of the police car, and it goes, you know, ten feet off the off the edge of the bridge and explodes in a mushroom cloud, it's like, what on earth? Like this is again, things like this happen in Hal Needham movies. Yeah, they, they things explode where they maybe shouldn't explode. I, I'm honestly, you know, I was bitching and moaning that I ordered the DVD. I'm really glad that I have it now because I think I'm going to be revisiting this one a lot and. Same thing, I, I hit up a bunch of people like, hey, have you seen Cannibal Run? Because it's fucking awesome if you haven't. Yeah, it, it's the more we talk about it, it's my favorite of the three that we've done so far. It, Jim, it's got to be your favorite. It is. I've loved this movie since <laughs> I was a child. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I, I really, really like, though, like Goat was mentioning with the outtakes at the end, uh, you get to see like what is real life, where we didn't have TMZ and stuff like that back then. So to see them kind of laughing at each other and having a good time. And I have you... way less access to people like that back then than we do yeah. now. Yeah, right. And it, it gave you a, an open door to kind of look in to see that thing. The one thing that I, I got really excited for was that end scene where everybody's laughing and everybody starts breaking balls and he says, he laughed first. Mr. Martin laughed first. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't call him Dean? <laughs> <laughs> well, that was pretty funny. <laughs> he, he'd been famous for about 40 years up until that point, too. I love that Jackie Chan, you know, got a spotlight and we got to see him do some of the Jackie Chan shit. And, and, he, and then he, he doubles yeah. back so that it's just the Jackie Chan yeah. show yeah. for a yeah. minute. Yeah. I love that. You know, and this was um, even years before his like really groundbreaking. Like this was four years before Police Story. And then, you know, when he started making movies in the States, he's so young in this. And uh, I, I, I loved every second of that, too. Um, for context, Hooper went uh, four stars for Dukes, three and a half for Goat, four from Dotson, four from Jim Daddy. Uh, let's see here. Smokey and the Bandit, I think I was the most effusive. Five stars from Dukes, four and a half from Goat. Tube gave it four. Jim Daddy, four and a half as well. So just a little context for you guys when you are rating this one. I'll go first. I'm going to give it a three and a half, and I'm going to revisit it and assume it's going to go up to a four. I, I I really wasn't feeling how different it felt at the beginning of it. I wasn't laughing nearly as much. Once they actually get out and they start racing and they're getting pulled over and they're doing all the shtick, it's yeah. really, really enjoyable. Um, three and a half is as low as this possibly can be. It's a shitload of fun, and I, I'm looking forward to getting a better copy of it. Also, I watched, I watched it, and just it was a horrible definition. So yeah, there um, was some cheesecloth over the screen, apparently. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I imagine this, this, this is a moving number, but uh, for now, it'll be a three and a half. Yeah, I would say with the nostalgia filter on, and how much I love this movie growing up, and how many times I've seen it, it's a four for me because it is a stringing together. I wouldn't put it up with Smokey and the Bandit. But I would put it just above Hooper as far as my enjoyment is concerned because it's just – it's something you can watch. You can laugh. There are so many lines. Then the more you watch it, the more little nuggets pick up you pick up on, yeah. on. And that to me is one of my favorite type of movies that it's kind of a gold mine in that regard. So I'd say it's definitely a four for me. The narrative is what it is. The race, like you said, is ultimately – 
just the backdrop for bits. Uh, but I'm okay with that because the bits themselves stand out so well for me, and uh, they resonate with me in a in a way that many other movies might not. There's a lot of bits. Strong four for me, and and like I said, my favorite of of the bunch of this group, and I'm gonna revisit it a ton. This is the first one that I would go back to revisit if you put all three in front of me. So really, really, yeah, I, I, dude, I, I really loved it. Um, I, I watched it. It was the last movie I watched of this show, so I don't know if that, you know, I, I followed Jacob's ladder with this, so a bit of a change. That's in pace exactly too. what I did. <laughs> I can oh, tell you which one I enjoyed more. I, I would have gone in show order. Yeah, yeah. yeah this is this is a, a very strong four for me. It's also a Golden Harvest production, which is the company that did is responsible for like the biggest Jackie Chan movies. Mm, yeah. All of those like classic Hong Kong kung fu movies, they're, which is kind of wild. One of the reasons why they're saying it has so much difficulty in distribution is because of that. That's oh, one of the okay. Out mm-hmm. there, there's um, a there's a big rights issue, I'm sure. Yeah, because yeah. this movie, I mean, this should be on. First of all, it should be on HBO Max. Yeah, but it should just be on cable all the time. And I, just, I mean, Kevin Smith said he he sees it on. Ca- I've never seen this movie pop up on cable my whole fucking life. It's been a long, yeah. long time. It's a bummer. Uh, what do you think, Jim? I can't take my nostalgia glasses off. It's a four or five for me. I absolutely love that movie. Everything is funny about it. Quick sidebar. This will mean nothing to anyone. There is a song by uh, The Grateful Dead. Well, it's actually by Jer- uh, Jerry Garcia. So the new writers of The Purple Sage, uh, Olden and the Way, all the bandsies, and you guys wouldn't know. It's called Panama Red. Mm-hmm. My whole life, I thought they were singing Cannonball Run. I didn't think they were singing Pan- <laughs> Panama Red. My whole fucking life. In this movie, I kept sitting around going... When are they going to sing that fucking song? When's that song like, <laughs> When does that song start? That's got to be from this fucking song. It's I mean, so it's got to be from this movie. It's and the I, closing theme. I had figured out it was Panama Red like 10 years ago. But when I'm watching the movie, I'm like, well, where the fuck is it? Like, I thought it'd be in the opening <laughs> credits. It's got to be in the closing credits. And I just then I realized what had happened, and I felt so stupid. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. <laughs> I don't, don't even worry about it. Okay. Just listen to that song on Spotify. And say, how is, is he that? Yeah, wait a second. Is he that stupid? Oh. Anyway, um, that was a really good episode. That's a uh, that's a, b- a bunch of fun stuff to talk about. So we were packed on that one. All right. Do we have anything else? Uh, coming up next, we have Evil Dead Rise. Oh. Skinner Inc. Hmm. Drag Me to Hell and Red State. No, no, red, no, red eye, red, red eye, state. Red eye. Not, no, Kevin not red state. Not red state. Red, red eye. Wes Craven's. Have you red seen eye. Red State? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like it more than most people do. Yeah, some people are really angry at that one. It takes I think some liberties, I would say. I like it more than Tusk. I will say that. I like it more. I like Tusk more than oh. most people do as well, but I like it better than Tusk. I don't like those movies for they're turning people into shit. I don't like it. it makes me feel weird about myself. <laughs> I like Kevin Smith when he's doing dick jokes or sitting quietly in the back of the room. Yeah. <laughs> um, quick plug, uh, Fortress Film CDS on Instagram. Please give us a follow. Also, we have our own iTunes feed. So if you know any movie fans that are normies, uh, well, first of all, you can listen wherever you want on the Chad Dukes feed or on the Fortress Film feed, but uh, subscribe over there. Give us a nice five-star review. and. If you have any movie fans in your life that you think might enjoy this program, I slide them a, a URL where they can yeah. find us. We'd love for people to check Spread the word. Absolutely. Spread the whole. <laughs> spread the whole. whole, whole. Uh, how do we end this? I mean, I'm going to sit here. If you guys have time, like yeah. I'd love to sit here and go through my detailed plan for um, being able to hijack an ambulance, uh, maybe find a doctor and somebody who can pretend to be the patient, patient so yeah. we could get our way across country as fast as possible. And when I heard about this race, that I'd really like to get in. So I've got like a whole presentation that I'd like to go through. We don't through have if you time guys... for that. Boys, we don't have time for that. I'm tired of talking, Dukes. I just want to go to the Cannonball Bar and get drunk. I love that bar. <laughs> <laughs>